This week in league, Sam Cassiano ponders becoming an honorary New Zealander. Shibu. Corey Parker decides that playing with a hole in his leg isn't such a big problem. He's been playing with one between his legs for years. The Penrith Panthers call a crisis meeting to discuss Gus Gould's choice of hair colour and how it's the same colour as the flag the club waves in every single game. And we'll review all of the action from round 15 of the 2012 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 92 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Do you have any stories, tales to tell of, uh, of football that took place over the weekend? Not really, no. No, no game to go to. Nothing interesting happened. Johnny Adams. Johnny Adams, Johnny Adams, is, he's been on the down low. I think he's suffered from a bit of uh, origin hangover as well. The, although he didn't play there. Well, there hasn't been a lot of... There's been a lot of house footy, don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's been a couple of blow-ups because house footy's not allowed whilst the Tigers games are on. Okay. So that creates tension between the Blakely males of the house. Yeah. Um, but there hasn't been a lot of Johnny Adams' action. I think he might be injured. I see. Or dropped. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's been dropped. <laughs> he's been dropped. To reserve-grade house football team. Cool. Um, I don't think that we don't have anything housekeeping-wise to get out of the way then, do we? Nope. All right, then. We'll just uh, move on and hit the news straight away, hey? I look forward to it. News. First story, the origin selection farce continues. Now Sam Cassiano is a Queenslander. <laughs> Sam Cassiano's expected that's defection... That's in Queensland. Yeah, that's, yeah. And, where's, and where's Sam Cassiano from in, in uh, New Zealand? Where is he from exactly? Is there another dot we can add to that map? Because I mean, he just had Probably. what? He, he, had, he had Christchurch, uh, Palmerston. The size North, of him, he's Auckland. like from the top of the fucking beanstalk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a forest right. in Lord of the Rings all the fucking trees that walk around. <laughs> That's where he's from. Um, his de- expected defection to Queensland is the latest example of the opportunism that is threatening to destroy the integrity of International Rugby League and State of Origin. So, just weeks after James Tamo turned his back on the Kiwi so he could play for Australia and New South Wales, Cassiano is last night at the centre of a fresh selection controversy. The rules of international sports state if you're a resident in a country for three years, you become eligible to represent that country. But the problem for rugby league is more and more players like Cassiano and Tamo are choosing origin over representing their home nation. So, over close to 300 players in the NRL and NYC hail from a Pacific Island background, and the numbers are growing by the year. The ARL Commission needs to decide if a state of origin is more important than saving the credibility of the international game. And it's raised the argument as to whether Kiwis like Cassiano, Tamo, and even Benji Marshall should be allowed to play origin and remain loyal to New Zealand, given that they came to Australia when they were teenagers. Bulldogs, number one, and Queensland hopeful Ben Barber said of Cassiano... I wouldn't want to see him in any other jumper apart from the Bulldogs or the Maroons. I'm glad he chose Queensland. Shut up, Ben. (laughs) 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 It does make international footy uh, a little little difficult to get uh, too enthused about when, you know, some of these guys are uh, declaring themselves eligible for 
you know, be it Queensland or New South Wales as far as state of origin goes. I've got to say, Sam Cassiano for for the Maroons. Yeah. Really. He's only start thinking, you know, they've got injury to Maybe it. he'll get picked with Martin Kennedy. Remember he, last season, he yeah. was the next big fucking Queensland prop, New South Queenslander. Done nothing. And uh, haven't heard of him until he scored a try on the weekend against the West Tigers. Yeah. Oh, and we heard about him. He started some shit. Yeah, he, started, he had some fights and stuff as well, I think, you know, in, in lead-up matches. Yeah, unless you're Michael Ennis, that doesn't make you an origin player yeah. there, buddy. So... Uh, there's a lot of players in the game that have dual eligibility. Uh, Tamo put his hand up for New South Wales. Uh, and so they're saying that Cassiano is essentially, he's allowed to do this. Um, Why can't they all just play by the Tony Carroll rule and just play for whoever the fuck they want from year to year? Whenever they want. Queensland, yeah, exactly. New South Wales, you know, New Zealand, Tonga. Well, you're Brad Thorns, you know, you play for Queensland, Chad. Queensland, Australia, New Zealand in, in rugby union. Yeah. <laughs> just do whatever the fuck you want. Um, so yeah, uh, and, and then uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Cars made the, made the point though, which is actually a good point. He's saying, yeah, we've got Russian pole vaulters and Romanian weightlifters representing Australia. Is <laughs> what happens in international sport these days. And um, pressed on whether the players should be eligible for Origin but stay loyal to New Zealand, he said, oh, you can't change the rules. The reason Origin works is that people commit to Queensland or New South Wales, and they don't commit to New Zealand. You're going to water it down if you say Benji Marshall can play for New South Wales one day and New Zealand the next. I agree. There's, yeah. there's got to be some sort of hard, fast rule. And I know some of these blokes are going to be disappointed in the fact that they do have to declare eligibility. Or I don't know that it can be their decision because yeah. everyone's going to want to play State of Origin. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 a rare commodity for these, uh, for, for, you know, people like Josh Hoffman, for instance, Benji Marshall's another one, um, to declare themselves eligible for New Zealand straight up. And, and do themselves out of the opportunity to play origin football. So it really needs to come from above. It can't be up to the player because the vast majority, I'd have to say, if I had to pluck a statistic out of my generously proportioned ass, I'd have to say 85% of people would declare for origin, not yeah. New Zealand or Tonga or Fiji or who, whatever the case might be. So yep. um, it really has to come from the, the game's hierarchy rather than the players themselves. Yep. I agree. I mean, it's you know it's getting ridiculous. They're going to have to do a, like a hard, fast rule revision, or at least a rule like you know make a rule for people who are born elsewhere. Yeah. Because I, mean, I mean, although the although the rules aren't, aren't applied uh, across the board in a cut and dried manner, the eligibility requirements for Australians is fairly cut and dried. I mean, sure, you know some states abuse that, like you know with the, you know the whole Bowerville Gate. I mean, that's, it's cut and dried, but they, you know, this is elected to just Palmerston Northgate. You know, I don't well, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's what I mean. We need to make we need to actually make a rule for people that are born overseas. Look, at this stage of the game, like we're not a million miles away from New South Wales and Queensland doing fucking, you know, warring dueling harkers before a state origin game, <laughs> and that's not you know that's not something any of us want to see. Yeah, yeah. But although I don't think it's a new thing. I mean, because yeah, you know, like you said, you know, we've already had you know Tony Carroll, Brad Thorne. You want to look elsewhere, you know, Adrian Lamb. So, yeah, this is not... That's in Queensland. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, Queensland is everywhere. What a shite state of affairs. Next story, Penrith Panthers call a crisis meeting. Penrith Panthers were ordered to a crisis meeting following the club's horrendous start to the season. The one-hour meeting... um, We're halfway through the season. This is more than a start. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well... mm, 
Yeah, that's true. We are halfway through the season. Yeah, over halfway through the season. So, um, yeah, that is pretty ridiculously worded, isn't it? Um, now, uh, Phil Gould apparently called the meeting. Uh, he said it was to address concerns about leaks to the media coming from within the team. And this the the fact that this meeting took place was then leaked to the media, who then sent journos down there to see uh, as players were leaving the uh, this meeting. So uh, they uh, gathered in a first-floor function room inside Panthers Leagues Club for the meeting. Ivan Cleary addressed the team, asked what was discussed at the meeting. Cleary said, I'm not telling you what was said in the meeting. It's no big deal. It was a bit of a get-together. Pressed further on the meeting, Cleary said, thanks, mate, and then hung up. Players contacted last night were reluctant to reveal what was discussed at the meeting, other than Cleary, Cleary was forceful in his address. Gould could not be contacted for any comment, but Panthers players emerged from the intense meeting in good spirits. One player stressed yesterday's gathering was not a crisis meeting, and the team remains committed to turning around their season. Um, New South Wales Cup players from the Windsor Wolves and the club's Toyota Cup squad also attended the meeting for the first 15 minutes before the first grade squad was left alone for the final 45 minutes. Most of the NRL squad emerged from the meeting alongside trainers and coaching staff. However, a small number of players, including Luke Lewis, were not with them. It is unclear if those players left early, stayed later than teammates, or did not attend. Wow. So, um... Panthers club in crisis. Players bewildered. Goes on to say there's ongoing suggestions of disharmony between uh, within the Panthers playing group. Uh, Cleary's decision to strip Lewis of the captaincy and drop star centre Michael Jennings raised eyebrows among the players. It's still unknown whether Lewis will reclaim the captaincy after the State of Origin series. And uh, after Sunday's heavy loss to the Gold Coast that Rabina, a clearly frustrated Cleary, said it was an exercise in self-mutilation. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that th- the Luke Lewis thing is a big thing. I mean, you know, you get some reports saying he wants to leave and then you get other reports. Like, I think he's... Uh, I saw a quote from his, his wife uh, from the Women in the League thing today saying... Oh, you know, he loves Penrith, he's blah, 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 you know. Yeah, but he's come close to leaving before. He has. Probably for less. He yeah. has. <laughs> for less, for feeling less slighted than what he does currently. I'm going to say, I like Ivan Cleary. I like what he's doing there. He's not taking this shit line down. He's not yeah. taking the poor results. Yeah. He's not taking poor performances, you know, in his stride from, from every, any of his players, even the biggest names in the team. Seen the um, team loan for this week? Sorry? Seen the team name for this week? Uh, I don't have it with me. I was waiting for you to bring it up. The fact that, uh, that Lachlan Coote is in, named in the side when he himself thought he'd be playing for the Wolves this week. Yeah. Just totally... Well, totally he was lucky to play last saying. weekend and then had an, backed that up with an absolute shocker. So, yeah. um, He's far from alone in that club at the moment. They have had their injury problems as well to, to key players and... It, Guys have been in and out of the side, so um, that has counted against them as well. But some of their performances have, have sort of smacked of a bit of disharmony, or, or you know, players not being on the same page as the coach. I've got to say one thing: certainly from from Gould down, it's as far as Cleary goes and the coaching staff. There are strong messages coming out of there. Perform. No one's above being dropped. Yep. No one's bigger than the team. They're all positive messages, but. Penrith has always been, for a number of years, they've always been, you know, the type of club that, you know, it's local boys, you know, they all sort of stick together and no one, you know, guys don't get dropped, that's not, and they're obviously trying to change the culture there and it's a credit to them. But it's it's a tough road, you know, they've got to get the players into that mindset um, of feeling slighted when, you know, when they are dropped for poor performance, you know, they're there as as professional athletes and professional football players to, to perform and if they don't, then... You know, yep. Yep. the club shouldn't have to take it lying down. 
Yeah, I agree. The other thing is when you're dropping players, you know, you, there's no continuity in your side as well. And you always see when you look at the, the statistics at the end of a season, a premiership winning team, they're always the team that's used like, you know, 23 players all season, you know, out of their entire squad. That You know, generally speaking. So I'd agree with that. But, you know, on the flip side of that, if you've got a player that's not performing and they get dropped, then the incentive is there for them to perform and, and improve their their performance to, to get back into the squad um, and also the guys that come in to replace them you know if you use the Jennings situation as an example um, Brad Ty yeah. and, and Jeff Daniela they've done a, a great job in, in Jennings' absence they've done a fair job I mean they did a great job the first the, the, that first week obviously when you know the pressure the pressure was really on they had to obviously back up the faith that you know Cleary had and obviously a lot of media attention on it sure but, but you'd have to say that they have they have taken the opportunity Fair enough, their, their ceiling of talent is not as high as Michael Jennings, but they've they've taken the opportunity with both hands as far as playing first grade. Yeah, until they decide they want to stick Jennings back in there. Well, that's <laughs> up to Jennings to fight his way back into the squad. That's the whole concept of it. He goes, he goes all right at origin level. I mean, if I had a player that was going all right at origin level, I'd put him back in there, unless there was some other underlying issue that we're not reporting to the media about the fact that, you know, he wants out and blah, 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 or, you know... That sort of thing obviously you know, changes the game. Sure, but um, you know, and they, they, just, they, I they, love they Michael Jennings pains. as a player. I would never drop him in a million years, but I can see what they, you're trying yeah, to do. Yeah, I mean, and they want you know if they, if they want to um, you know if he's like doesn't want to be there blah 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 then you know maybe they should start you know fighting a bit of a PR battle and you know leak some of that shit out a bit so you know the fans of the club like because I don't you know honestly I don't care what the Panthers do, but. You know, if there are fans of the club that, you know, care a lot what they do yeah. and, you know, maybe they'd like to see a bit more of, you know, rather than just like, off oh, form and they see him carve up in the origin and then he goes back to Windsor again yeah. after the origin, maybe they want an explanation that, well, clearly he's shown, shown some good form on the Wednesday night. Why is he, what, is he going to lose that over the following two days <laughs> playing the weekend? Yeah. So, you know, and if, so there's other issues. The club needs to start winning the PR battle because, you know, if he's if he's not happy... It'll get out from his end, you know, from his management or whatever, trying to negotiate a release, blah, blah, blah. So, sure. pull your finger out, Penrith. Next story, Ricky Stewart to re-enter the club coaching scene. The state of origin decider is certain to be Ricky Stewart's swan song with the New South Wales Blues. There's too much interest around NRL clubs which are ready to pounce once the origin series is over. And Stewart himself has made no secret of the fact that he wants a full-time role. This is the interesting part. The Parramatta Eels are now certain to part company with coach Stephen Kearney. It's just a matter of whether it happens within a fortnight or at the end of the season. Wow. There is constant speculation at the Roosters about Brian Smith's future. Stewart has remained close to Bondi Junction power broker Nick Politis. At St. George Illawarra, first-year coach Steve Price is under the pump, and so too is David Ferner at the Raiders. Stewart's name has been linked to all four clubs in recent days. The victory over Queensland last Wednesday night has boosted his credentials big time. On paper, the Maroons have a much stronger outfit, but New South Wales could easily be 2-0 up in this season in this series. Somehow, Stewart has coaxed the best out of struggling club players like Michael Jennings and Jared Hayne. Even Greg Bird was playing ordinary footy at the Titans until Stewart backed him to be a Blues leader. All the players admire and respect him, and they love playing for him. Um, and so that goes on and on and on. But the fact is, uh, they go down the article and deduce that he'll finish up at the Parramatta Eels, saying that um, the loss to South Sydney they had on the weekend proved once and for all a coaching change needs to be made. Kenny's an absolute gentleman and one of the most decent men to met in the game, but Parramatta are trying to let him down softly. <laughs> They'd like to see him resign, negotiate a payout, and then see him continue as the Kiwi Test coach. So... Um, Interesting theory. I think Canberra, you know, given his ties to Canberra as a player, 
I think, you know, Canberra would perhaps hold a certain appeal too if they could ever find it in their heart to finally asshole their shithouse coach. Yeah, but if there's a coach like Stewart, like you say, with those ties to the club available, then maybe yeah. that tips their hand a little bit. Um, he's won one game. Yeah. And that's and raised like, his coaching stocks to coach in the NRL. Yeah. You know you don't get a lot of credit for winning one game in the NRL, right? Yeah, not at all. One no. game in six weeks? Yeah. You don't get a lot of credit for that? No. The fact is, that's David Turner type numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the fact is, they're going to need to. I mean, the Eels this year. I mean, obviously it's a write-off for them, but they they're going to need to perform, uh, you know, next year to a certain extent. But the year after, especially, given the players, the money that they're fucking spent on players, because in the, in twenty fourteen, that's when you're going to start. You know, that's when Hopper's going to have to be worth eight hundred grand. Yeah. You know, and Zandow, if he's, you know. He's, God, he'd have to be five fifty by then, you know, earning that five fifty that he's been paid for the previous two years. Jared Hayne he'll have to earn his six hundred. Uh Lussick will have to be earning his four hundred. Fucking who else? I'm, I'm missing I'm missing people that are beyond a fortune as well. I'm sure of it. Shackleton. Well, Shackleton Rigonski. Shackleton will be somewhere else next season. He'll be in England. He'll be in England or he'll be at a at a club that'll West like, Tigers. A club that'll revitalise him, yeah. Like West Tigers. Newcastle, maybe. <laughs> Even Manly, maybe. But, um, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, it'd be interesting if um, Stuart ended up at the Eels. Um, they say that this, this list that also some of, uh, other factors as well that could go into the Stuart decision um, with the Eels as well that uh, because of pl- the, a PR nightmare that the club's been with, you know, the Dennis Fitzgerald uh, era and then subsequent dismissal, um, Stuart will be able to keep a clamp more on that um, because he's, he's very close with Ray Hadley and Ray Hadley's what the harshest critic of the Parramatta board. So if Stuart's in there, he'll probably shut Hadley up as well and start to turn the PR battle around for the club. Um, and he has met with the chairman. It doesn't change the fact there's still a lot of fucking dickheads on the Parramatta board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Ray Hadley's not reporting it, fair enough, but someone will. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I guess we'll see where Cat's that goes. Cat's out of the bag there. Yeah. So I guess we'll see where that goes. Next story, uh, where will Sam Parrott train this week? And the team list were well, very slow to be out this week. So um, well, we'll have to uh, have a look at those and actually see where he actually will be. Because um, the story, there we go, Sydney Roosters. What do you got there? Sam Parrott's been named the number five. So the problem's solved because the really unique situation here is that uh, he's signed for the, the, to the Bulldogs next season. However, the story came out that it was going to result in a mid-season move to the Bulldogs as well, mm-hmm. but that's off. The Roosters refused to grant the release, um, and in fact, he'd bid his teammates an emotional farewell after agreeing to an immediate transfer, but just hours later, the move was stalled when Brian Smith and Steve Noyce intervened. While both clubs and Parrott's <laughs> agent failed to comment, <laughs> um, Parrott's talented little brother Lloyd is crucial to the impasse. Bulldogs officials also want the 18-year-old front, mo- front rower at Belmore straight away and have offered him a full-time pay packet. It's understood the Roosters did not become aware of Canterbury's desire to recruit Lloyd until after they'd verbally agreed to transfer Parrot. The Kiwi winger had been in talks to defect from next season for several weeks, but an earlier move emerged for two reasons. Sources close to Parrot claim he was keen to change clubs and reinvigorate his career under Bulldogs coach Des Hasler as soon as possible. The Bulldogs saw his imminent arrival as a godsend, given they barely any outside backs available after season-ending injuries to Tim Lafayette, Steve Turner and Mitch Brown. Uh, Michael Lett also quit the club last month for a better-paying job in the Illawarra coal mines, while Bryson Goodwin will not be fit for at least another fortnight after rupturing his spleen. Michael Lett is a coal miner. Yeah. Good luck getting a hard hat to go around those fucking ears. Yeah, yeah. 
And so the um, insiders at the Doggies say that Parrot received informal permission to leave last week and agreed to a three-and-a-half-year deal on Friday. He approached Sunday's game against West as, in his, as his last in a Roosters jersey and told selected teammates as much after full time. He then fronted it yesterday morning's recovery session at Coogee Beach for a final goodbye and remained fully clothed as the team braved the chilly swell. He received plenty of hugs, including a long embrace with fellow Kiwi, Frank Paul Nuasala. Speaking afterwards, Roosters players appeared resigned to him leaving. Sam Parrott's a great bloke. I've got the utmost respect for him and he's always had plenty of time for young blokes like myself, said Lamatasi. After yesterday, he killed it. It was like he was back to the old Sam Parrott who we know can play. Anthony Minicello added he's such a great player for the club and being connected with him and other wingers with the last six years or so. If he does leave, it'll be sad to see him go. The team is close and he's such a great player and good leader both on and off the field. Blah, blah, blah. So, the article here... Only to have him back two hours later saying, yeah. surprise! <laughs> it's off. Because uh, this article was from kind of this morning slash lunchtime, so before the team list started to emerge. I hope the players and, um, didn't buy him any gold watches. Yeah, we're going to give him back. And it says basically, it says that um, that yeah, I mean the Bulldogs still remain hopeful of securing him for the the match against the Storm, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, and then they're trying to say should Parrot get the release, which he's not. I mean, they could ask Manly for the immediate services of Oldfield, Michael Oldfield, who's agreed to a two-year deal, and there's no chance in hell of that happening. So um, it's funny with these this year. Is this year the biggest mid-year transfer year? I mean, admittedly, there haven't been a lot of them that actually taken place, but um, it's been a lot of talk. But there's been conjecture. a lot, a lot more talk about it than I've um. Than I, than I can remember in recent years. I mean, obviously, the, the media transfer thing hasn't something that's been really possible. Well, it's a sad indictment on the state of the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs club if they're that desperate to get hold of Sam Parrott. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like any winger will take any winger, <laughs> anyone. Wingers, do you want to leave your club? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Might as well just get Hazem back, make a comeback for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's the general doing? Get him back How and much worse can he be? They get general out and you know park him out in the wing, so he's, you know less less pressure, less to do than you know when he was fullback. There's so many options. Better than Sam Parrott. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had the last story here about Corey Parker uh, wanting to to make a bold bid to play uh, the Rabbitohs on Friday, uh, despite the fact that he suffered that deep cut to his leg uh, during the Second Origin nine days ago. Um, he was set to have a full training run with the Broncos on Thursday and make a decision and put like a, a shin guard on there and padding to protect it. But uh, we've seen the team list have come out and he's not there. So, um, unlucky. And I was really hopeful he would because... Decent fuck, cart. Mean, yeah. Must have been to the side of the shin bone, eh? Because <laughs> there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of flesh on your on the front of your shin bone there. Well, there, that's why. I mean, therefore, that, that, therefore, it is easy to have a cut to the bone. Yeah, but that thing, like, oh, yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty. It looked pretty horrific. Yeah, oh, to, to, for mine, it wasn't as bad as that one that Michael Luck got against Manly. Oh well, like, he looked was, like he'd been taken by a shark. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's probably it was probably Parker's more, is more wobby gong. Yeah, type injury. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so super coach uh, players, I guess you just have to gonna you're just gonna have to gamble because you know there's every chance that he'll um do this training session on Thursday. He hasn't been named in the Broncos' side as of Tuesday. He might do the training session on Thursday, and whether they announce him that he'll be in the side then and there or an hour is doubtful. Otherwise, they'll wait till the cutoff's finished, and then you're going to you know, you're gonna be stuck. So I guess if you've got like an emergency that can just, you know, like the first emergency can be selected, then, mm. you know, throw him on there and, you know, have a good vice-captain well, set up. Or just put Aaron Woods in. He'll score more points than Corey Parker anyway. Well, I've, got, I've got Aaron Woods in there. I mean, he's always in, in my starting lineup anyway when oh. Corey Parker's there. 
Oh, well, you just refuted that argument. Because Aaron Woods is the front rower and Corey Parker is a back rower, so they don't even play the same positions. I just wanted to find some sort of angle <laughs> where I could wrap Aaron Woods. Well, you, you did. And they I mean, baffle me with facts, Nathan. And the fact that he's in my incredible supercoach side is praise enough. Kicking off Friday night football and the Canterbury Bulldogs defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons 28 points to 20 down at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong in front of a crowd of just under 17,000 people. Canterbury Bulldogs points came from, again, a try to Kristen Inu. Josh Morris got a double. Josh Reynolds got a double. And Kristen Inu was four of five on the conversions. St. George Illawarra Dragons points. Their 20 came from tries to Matt Cooper, Brett Morris, Daniel Vito and Kyle Stanley. The cat in the hat, Jamie Sauer, two out of four on the night. Cruising in here. By the season. Resurrected his career. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I don't want to tell the, I don't want to tell the listeners what to do. But I'm pretty certain at this point, you know, what, 15, 16 rounds into the year, and with only, you know... Are you talking revelation? I think he'll be on the. I think he'll be one of the people on the. I think he'll be on the list. I think people are going to vote for him because it usually goes as a free. We don't usually give people a choice on this. Mm. It's usually you know you put in who you think, and I think that Kristen is going to attract some votes. I guarantee you he'll finish in the top three. Aaron Woods will be up there too. Well, you'll vote for him, so you definitely get on the board. Yes, because <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to abandon. You're going to abandon your vote for Adam Blair. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we all did. I mean, you know, he's a mistake to make. He does nothing. <laughs> well, you know, he did, he did stuff. We'll get to that. Yes, Chris and Inu. Who, like, this is some of the best footy I've ever seen him play. Yeah, is he, is he really playing well or he just happens to do he's at just the right place at the right time, fitting into a structure well, that seems to there, feed I him? I mean, there's been the odd instance where he's caught the ball and fallen over the line, but there's been other instances of yeah. some pretty amazing footy. It's the question I have to ask is what was wrong with oh well, I know what's wrong with Parramatta it's a shit hole but um what was wrong with the Warriors I mean they got the grand final what, what and he played in the grand final I mean what's wrong with what is so wrong with the Warriors that is so right at Canterbury that is actually motivating this guy to actually ditch the captain I mean he's he's, he's almost going to be noticed first grade he's, he's going to be noticed by the end of the season the way he's going it's but he had his opportunities in first grade likely. with the Warriors well he did I remember one fateful night played like particular. a gronk the entire time. Didn't have one good game in first grade, despite the fact that he killed the West Tigers. I mean, like, you know, I appreciate the goodness of that, but you don't. I remember a 10.30 late night walk with the dog <laughs> as a result of Chris Nunu. So, don't tell me you never did anything for the Warriors. Thank you very much, Nathan. Yeah, you did it to the Tigers. <laughs> oh my goodness. The dogs look good. In creating such a big lead that they had, I think they led uh, 28-6 there at one stage. But a trademark of a, of a hasless side is to grind out the result, not allow the opposition to claw their way back into the game, such as St. George did in this game. And um, that's a bit of a worrying sign, I think. Yep. I uh, you know, they, they gave them a real fright towards the end of the game, and the dogs, uh, they couldn't gain their composure to, to put the game on ice, and the Dragons kept coming at them. To their credit, but unfortunately it was too big a lead for them to overcome a, t- a team that <clears throat> isn't renowned for scoring, uh, you know, bunches of points, but they still did uh, 
Yeah, it's Tina was okay. like literally the week before or the, the game before they played where they looked like they couldn't score if you try, you know. Yeah. If you just basically, you know, sent off three or four guys on the other team, they couldn't score. And um, I want to talk about this. There's been a lot spoken about this interchange of passing amongst the forwards for the Bulldogs. Yeah. It's really, really impressive, albeit uber predictable. Yeah. Like, you know exactly what they're going to do. But so effective in the fact that there's so many variants, it's... It's almost impossible to defend against completely. I think the only way you can really defend against it is if you've got a, a superior scramble defense. You can't really yeah. structure a defensive line to, to combat it because no matter what you try and do, there's an answer to it. But you've got to have the attitude as well to put pressure on them because they're all guys that'll love to drop a ball too. And they love to, you know what I mean? They're, I mean, Yeah, they're, I mean, between Pritchard... Given S- given time and a, given a, a time time and a defence that stands back to wait and see what's going to happen next. Yeah, they look like geniuses. They look like fucking geniuses. But you know, put put them under pressure, and you know the whole forward pack will drop it. Not every time, but I mean, it definitely you know makes it less effective. Well, yeah, if they do make a, a couple of mistakes, certainly early on, then that might knock their confidence around, and um, that's a significant part of their game plan. So if they do yep. start having a bit of a, a crisis of confidence as far as trying to pull that play off then that could seriously um, count against their game plan unfortunately um, learn their nicknames too because I think it, I think that's on too if you're in opposition defence learn their nicknames and you might end up with an intercept <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's not a lot of uh, look before you pass in there it no. all happens pretty quickly exactly I think the NRL's passing the Dragons by yeah I agree I think they need to reinvent themselves and fast um, if they're going to be a, f- a force of any sort, not just for the rest of this season, but even in the next couple of seasons. Yep. I'm not sure they're recruiting. They're losing Bo Scott next season. He's a big part of what they've been doing for the last few years. Um, not really gaining too many. No, no, not at all. Um, Hornby can't play forever. Yep. See how it'll be in England before anyone knows what's happening. Yep. Let's still um, talk about that. Yeah, I just... I think they're, they're a club seriously in need of a reinvention. The Bennett legacy isn't what I, I thought it would be, and I, I'm pretty certain it's not what they thought it would be. Well, the problem is they're probably just trying to do the, the you know Bennett ball, but even Bennett himself, I mean, he's not going successfully this year. He's, no. he's worse. Um, and you see, like, coaches that are, you know, actually have, like Bellamy, I mean, the game has gone through several different changes with, like, you know, the play the ball and everything. He's adapted. Over, you know, like the last sort of six or seven years. And the storm, you know, always seemed to, you know, be you know up up around the top. So, yeah, much um, like the West Tigers. I mean, Tim Sheens is probably the the greatest visionary in the history of rugby league, and he's adapted over the years. He's been coaching approximately three hundred years. Rewarded um, by one premiership in about the last twenty years. That's accurate. Eighteen, maybe, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> A long fucking time. <laughs> I'd like to get a feel from Dragons fans as to you know how confident they are for the next few seasons. Their recruiting is not happening, um, and you know they're losing some key players that they've had in the club over the last few years, and they're not doing anything different. They're trying to do the same thing, but they're, yep. not, they're not getting any better at it. And clubs are, are awake up to it, and until they reinvent themselves, I think they've got a couple of lean years ahead. And the worst thing is, I mean, towards the end, I mean, because they were declining with Bennett at the helm even after he announced his decision. and um, But in the period, you know, that was probably, what, two-thirds of a season? And then, you know, the first half of this season, or first, you know, it's probably, you know, what, 60% of this season. Um, a similar thing is, you know, a similar thing has happened in that the defence that they used to, I mean, with the Bennett side, the Bennett era, they still, when he was still there, they could still uh, pull themselves out of the shit a little bit. 
with hard defence and win games that were like low scoring encounters. But now, you know, the last two games, I mean, Bulldogs put 28 on them, Manly put 20 on them. Um, they had a couple of floggings earlier in the season as well. I think the Dogs as well, you know, smashed them by 30 in the first time they went around. Yep. So, um, the defence that, you know, they could kind of lean on and frustrate the other teams and just play mistake-free football and then it's take their opportunities anymore. when they came. That's not there, so when that's and they not do there, have, they do have a lot more mistakes in their game. They, they are more ill-disciplined than what they have been for Does that coincide seasons. with the arrival of Daniel Vito? <laughs> I don't think you can blame it all on him, but there's a definite element. I'd wager that Dragons fans would like to blame it all on Daniel Vito. <laughs> <laughs> Yet, uh, Jamie Seward and Ben Cray still get a pass from those very same fans. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing It's amazing how, how much whitewash a, a, a premiership provides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you come to wallpapering over the shortcomings of the players. <laughs> Daniel Vito. Um, despite Andrew Johns, you know, singing his praises and saying how hard he was, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe he's too hard. Maybe he's made out of stone. That's why he can't catch. Yeah, or tackle, or jump. See, he can I, actually jump. He can jump. I saw. I, I thought at the he's got at, hands like feet. I thought at the start of the season, I thought his <clears> recruitment <throat> by the Dragons was a masterstroke because his his arrival freed up Brett Morris to either play on the other side of the field or, full or fullback, back. and then that way they could stick Vito outside Matt Cooper, who never passes anyway. So he's a warm body in defence and extra numbers, you know, for the very very rare opportunity. Better than playing with twelve men. Exactly, better than playing with twelve men. But as it turns out, no. 12 men probably would be better for the yes. most part. So, um, yeah. I mean, Dragons, I, just, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know what you're going to do. It's over. <laughs> Party's over. And uh, you, you're no longer, you know, mentioned, uh, you know, one of the sides up with, you know, like Manly and Storm and stuff. I mean... And the, and the West Tigers. Now, um, now, you, now you're going to be sort of mentioned around like the Newcastles and the Penriths of the Canberras of the world. And Para. The Parramatta's. And, um... Ouch. And a spoon might be in your future. <laughs> oh, wow. That's harsh. I hate to be a doomsday, but I can't think of any silver <coughs> either. Now, uh, let's take a look at the uh, Twitter. The underscore Q78. Like most Origin players, Cray has taken his Origin form into club form. Hash done fuck all. Woody, Very true. Woody Solo. Ha ha ha, the cat in the hat getting fired up. It's still 28-10 down. That headgear obviously restricting blood to his brain. Hash knob. <laughs> Michael Darren, 79. You're right, Rabs. It isn't easy to get rid of stag. They can become quite uncomfortable, especially in tracky dacks. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Uh, Three-card magic trick. It's always It always comes down to boners with him. Three-card magic trick. Dragon scored all their points while I was on the phone to my mum. She now thinks I have Tourette's. Uh, NQC 81. Well, that's actually the next game, so we'll ignore that one. This is Milfy. I only just watched the Dragons game, and when Daniel fucking Vito is the most solid performer for your team, you know shit's fucked. (laughs) (laughs) A beautiful turn of phrase. Beautiful. Um, Now, let's move on to the next game. The North Queensland Cowboys, 12, defeated the Brisbane Broncos, nil, in a soccer match at Dairy Farmers Stadium in front of a crowd of over 20,000 people. Now the points. Well, this is easy. Cowboys, their 12 points came from uh, tries to the ever-reliable Gavin Cooper and Kane Linnett. Thurston was 2 of 2 on the conversions. And the Brisbane Broncos, boo duck egg. Which was the first duck egg I believe they've had since they were flogged 56-0 by Canberra a couple of years ago. Wow. 
when it was uh, when it was severe Broncos in decline when that yes, happened. Very much so. Not many points in this game, but I thought it was a cracker. Yeah, great. Well, great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, hard, it's funny to say for people who don't who didn't see the game, it's it might sound funny to say that like you know a twelve nil game it had like some cracking attack in it, and obviously the defense was up to it as well. But that's just that's just the point. The defense was up to it. Definitely, there was enough opportunities created, um, if not for some great defense, for it to be you know forty eight all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it just, you know, it's, clo- it's two tries is a close margin, you know, closest margin in the modern game. Um, and yeah, the Broncos were certainly into the game. And it became just like a, I guess, like a, a war of who was going to crack first. Yeah. Uh, the half time, it was nil all. And how, I think, did it get up to about the 50, what, 53rd minute before yeah, the points? Yeah, it went for an hour, almost an hour. Almost an hour, yeah. With, with zero points. I thought Brisbane, their defence was, was strong again as. You know the fact that they only conceded twelve points, especially on their own line, and it's it's not normally a trait of such a young side to have such solid defence. In the end, it really came down to Thurston and Bowen having the composure to put big plays on to win the game at the back end, and and the Broncos were missing some calm heads with Parker and Thayday both missing, and you know such is the closest of the competition and and the the best sides in the competition that that a couple of calm heads and an experience of those sorts of guys is often going to make the difference between teams like this. So um, I'm concerned about the Cowboys. I think they're on a bit of a knife edge. There's every possibility if the rest of the Cowboys can go with Thurston, given the form he's been in, origin to a side, it was a bit of a down performance for him. But there's, there's every chance if they do go with him that the Cowboys will be a major force in September. And I don't think anyone wants to play them in Townsville if they get a home final. Yeah. Um, and then if they, if you know, if they win that, then they're going to have a, a regional final. If, yeah. If I understand the rules correctly. That's so, right. Yeah. So if you're a Sydney club, you don't want to be playing the Cowboys anywhere north of the border. Certainly at Suncorp, and definitely not at Dairy Farmers. Yeah. The problem is. If it just becomes the JT show, they could string a couple of losses together. He gets frustrated. Origin's over. He doesn't have an origin hangover to keep him happy. And, you know, things could fall in a heap. The Steel Knocks and Red Bulls are a distant memory by that point. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, interesting uh, times ahead for the Cowboys. And, you know, they have shown, you know, the capacity to go with him and, and, and support him unlike years gone by and you know that could be the difference between the Cowboys of 2012 and the Cowboys of you know the last sort of four or five years so uh, I think we'll know in the next sort of month or so of football and um, just exactly where they're at and and what sort of supporting cast he's really going to have come finals time. And yeah, it's still, I mean, it's unmistakably still a Thurston show though as well so an injury to Thurston or a form drop and you know it's probably cascades across the entire side sure because they still don't have that secondary playmaker I think Bowen would try without Thurston but Thurston's still crucial to be on the field to even give him the space to do what he wants to do as well yeah okay and interesting I guess um, the last time the Cowboys beat the Broncos both times in a season the Broncos won and the Cowboys missed the eight (laughs) yeah so you know if you believe in omens uh, Brisbane fans hold on to that until October you probably only need it till September though All right. Cambo, 96. 
Broncos and Cowboys are proving you don't need a stack of tries for a game to be exciting. Nil all after 50 minutes, and it's a cracker. That's wow. Quite, that doesn't sound oh, like Cambo at all, really. No, someone's um, hacked his account. Uh, the floor goes to uh, long-suffering North Queensland fan uh, Jono, NQC81 on Twitter. This week's math lessons are brought to you by the numbers 12 and 0. Hash best lesson ever. Hash the entire class tipped Broncos. And uh, it is a feature of his life that uh, out there at Longreach where he teaches, uh, all the kids are always tip against the Cowboys. And um, so we would have had a sweet week this week. Look, I find it amazing that any child taught by John can actually count past 12. So, I mean, it's a credit to the rest of the school. <laughs> B15542. Oh, joy. Another gronk fest on Friday in Queensland. Up yours, North Queensland. Come on, South. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> And, and that's of course uh, B15542 is the the uh, I guess the product code for the Tourette's medication that, that, that he's on because uh, he comes out with some, some absolute classics uh, just random shit Cruzio 6 great effort by both sides the Bronx played past the empty line of their tanks and never gave up till after the siren hash that's my team I'd agree with that what a cyclops though. I mean, he's like, put, I'd put some fucking pom-poms on him. I mean, that's cheerleader material right there. <laughs> he just likes to put a positive spin on things. He's so positive. I just I can't abide that. <laughs> At Hilius. In other news... Well, there we go. And I fucked up. It's the St. George tweet. I'll say it anyway. Fuck it. In other news, St. Merge may be out of the eight, but their fans lead the league in the crucial field of incomprehensible banners. Wow. Yeah. Do you see the... the, see the, the it's, all, it's all about Dean Young now taking him through to the end of his career. And they have like the Forever Young hashtag on their Digi oh, stuff and stuff. Yeah. God. Yeah, and so they probably play that, that depressing, ridiculous song as well. Apologies, of course, to all the Gen Ys who as like that shit. St. George couldn't get it any more fucking boring. Now I'm going to have to listen to that shit song while that player runs around on the field doing fuck all because he hasn't trained for seven years. I guarantee his last game will be a Friday night football game and all the, there'll be a fucking massive montage on Channel 9. <laughs> You can see it. I could. I could. I could. Just, I could see it. Yeah, you know, crying after the grand final. Won't be a lot of. Uh, won't be a lot of uh, training footage. No, no, none whatsoever. I mean, he comes from the Terry Lamb School of Training. Um, back onto the game at hand, though. GT three fifty one underscore Johns always has to have his say for a doggy's game, and he says, and, and <laughs> I've got. And I haven't got on the game at hand. Fucking killing. What have I done here? This fucking two games in different time slots at the same time simultaneously fucking kills me. I should just lump all the tweets in together. Fuck it. I'll play our head. I feel sick. I've given too many compliments to dragons and... Sorry, to dragoons and soured. I now want to vomit. But Bulldogs won. Suck that drag queens. Usually he's fairly like... um. Well, the the secret is, obviously not all of his tweets make the show. Usually he does two tweets. One of them's a hateful abuse-filled tweet and then one of them's like oh such and such played great blah 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 you know really rational and lately yeah. I've been making a habit of doing the rational ones but on this occasion it wasn't <laughs> and um Dr. GT and Mr. Johns yeah and I just and well on the Friday night games the uh, Chambo 33 I love this tweet it's probably my favourite one on Friday night an idiot on my feed said the second half of the Dragons game was as good as Origin needless to say he's been deleted <laughs> hash, hash Gronk's in decline. <laughs> Super Saturday. The Cronulla Sharks defeat 20. 
in a in a ridiculous scoreline, defeated the New Zealand Warriors nineteen at Toyota Stadium in front of a crowd of just over nine thousand people, and the scoreline at halftime was thirteen points to eight in favour of the Warriors. Hence the odd number. Now the points came from twenty points for the Sharkies came from tries a du- a double to Jeff Robson. <laughs> just point, just ponder that for a second. <laughs> Did you ever think that you would utter those words? And uh, another try to Ben Pomeroy. Did you ever think you'd see tries to Ben Pomeroy and a double to Jeff Robson involved in a winning game? Usually you'd see that, and on the other side, you would have had like probably 10 try scorers for the other <laughs> side. Uh, and Carney was 3 of 3, and uh, he also grabbed the penalty goal as well for a total of 20 points. New Zealand Warriors, their 19 points came from tries to Kevin Locke, Sean Johnson, Conrad Hurrell. Uh, Maloney, he had a field goal. He had two out of three conversions, and he got a penalty as well. So Can't um, kick the ball. Can't kick the ball. If he had got the rest of that other conversion, would have won in the game. Can't kick the ball. <laughs> Can't kick the ball. Well, <laughs> yeah, when it counts. Um, she's a strange game. Very much so. I think another real culture-building win for the Sharkies. Uh, you know, this season's been all about, you know, resurrecting their fans' confidence in them. I think, you know, they've always been a bit of a lovable loser, and I think their fans... Whilst they're always, you know, going overseas and positive as every footy fan does, I think there comes a point in most seasons where they're sort of resigned to the fact that, okay, we're not going to make the finals. Let's just try and keep it under 40. Yep. Let's, you know, now they're a real chance. They and, believe that they actually, uh, you know, can finish in the top eight. And the the epitome of of that type of side, there's, you know, with the exception of Carney and Gallon, not a huge amount of, like, prodigious talents in that squad. No, I mean, yeah, you got you know Smith there. Obviously, he's been there, done that. He's a workhorse and a tough nut. Yeah, but he's been there. He's he's been there at the high level. And he's a as winner. Well. He's, yeah, he's, he's a winner. The biggest difference, yeah. Um, Offsetting, you know, Colin Best, Ben Pomeroy, Jeff Robson. Yeah, that's how much of a fucking winner Jeremy Smith is. <laughs> Him and Gallon are just are carrying like three to three or four people each on their backs. <laughs> but in, so, I mean, even in this game, they overcame the loss of key players. Gallon didn't play. Yep, a couple other key injuries. Some sketchy refereeing. Yep. Um, horrible conditions. And st- and a determined quality opposition. They sco- still scored an impressive comeback win. Yeah. Unlikely Full comeback win to too. Didn't, I mean, it got out to the one point where it did get out to 19 points to eight. Yep. And it was pretty much done and dusted. Sharks fans on Twitter were blowing up and, you know, jumping off the bandwagon. And uh, just before it actually got out of sight in the horizon, they managed to run, run and catch up to it. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> These these games that the Warriors have controlled only to lose could really make things difficult for them comes finals time. Playing over there is a significant advantage for them. If they can finish top four, playing a home final in New Zealand is, is, is a real you know home field advantage for yeah, them yeah. as much as any other club in the NRL. And I think they're slowly doing themselves out of that chance with some of these games that they've you know, been well in control of or certainly more, comp- you know, very, very competitive in. in a had the upper position. hand and dropped yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, th- the conditions weren't always conducive to the style of footy that the Warriors play, but it, they've got to adapt. And they're, you know, there's enough talent in that side that they can adapt, you know, if they're coached the right way. And yep. McLennan himself said, you know, this is yet another game that they've let slip and, you know, let's hope they don't rue you know, these sorts of results come the back end of the season because, you know, there's only going to be, as, you know, has been the case for the last few seasons, only going to be, you know, two wins maybe between finishing sort of 
fourth and fourth and eighth or ninth. something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and four and against comes into it as well. And even now, when you look at, it, I think there's between eighth and second. There's probably two to four points between two points between eighth and third. Yeah, there's definitely two points. 20, yeah, eighteen to twenty. Yeah. Um, Carney backing up and injured. Um, he had a pretty bad cork. Was a difference in the game, I think. And isn't it good to see him playing good footy and no one questioning where his head's at this season? Yep. You know, I don't know how long it's going to last. I hope that, you know, that his his worst is behind him as far as his off-field indiscretions and his problems that he's had with alcohol, etc. So, um, you know, he's slowly becoming one of those guys, you know, that origin, that term origin player is bandied about, but he's, you know, he's got that mental toughness and he has been through a lot. And if he uses that as a positive, then, you know, these sorts of performances where probably had every right to, you know, mail it in yeah and and still didn't and was basically a difference between the two sides I think I think for Carney I think the key this year would be that he doesn't figure in the Dalian votes at all mm. and that the Sharks don't win or get to the grand final like they do become really do a respectable sort of maybe hit top four or you know finish in the finals maybe win a game and get you know bow out and so he's kind of builds a bit it doesn't go straight to this top thing where he's like oh fucking he's a messiah again yeah and uh, you know so he just falls off a cliff if they sort of you know take goes to a good level then builds on that you know maybe that might be the best thing that happens for him sure and the fact that he's playing for a lower play for old club than yeah the roosters as well yep um he's he's also gonna work in his favor i guess you know canberra's not many lower play for old clubs in canberra but he still wants yeah. to get into trouble down there but he was young. That was the first. You know, that was his yeah. first going off the rails. I mean, then the Roosters. I mean, you know, just at Bondi, there's just plenty to get. You know, and Coogee, there's plenty, plenty of trouble to get into yes. in eastern suburbs. I mean, you know, Sharkies. You know, you, you might find yourself wrapped up in a race right now and then, but you know, generally speaking, it's fairly tame. <laughs> generally, you should be okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Twitter. Oh yeah, Rachel. Omar Slime Ankle going solid on debut so far. He's good at defusing bombs. See what I did there. Ouch. Shabugan. Incidentally, did you see the tweet yes. from Shabugan? He said that, in fact... He called me an idiot, but I was right. Yeah, you no, know, he said you're, you're half right because, yeah, it isn't... It, it's not Shabugan. I mean, it's a, it's a dog, as we, as we said, you know, Hadouken. But, um... Shabugan. But his Shabugan did come from, I believe, someone that he categorised as a retard, saying that's what they thought it was. So you're, you're a half-right retard on that, on, on that count. But uh, Shabugan's come in and said that other than Carney, the Sharks' back line's about as useful as Gaznia playing a memory game. Hash atrocious. Year of a Panther. Nothing against him, but when I look at the current Sharks' success, I can't help but laugh at Blake Ferguson. Hash life decisions in decline. <laughs> uh, and gotta love Keefe. Uh, he's tweeted this to Bryce Gibbs as well and said, uh, how good are the Sharkies going? Tipped them every week. Got to be everyone's second team after the Tigers. Hash gotta love Bryce. I don't know that well, no. the Sharkies would be everyone's second team after the Tigers. Yeah. and I don't Does think- that mean the Tigers are everyone's first team or that the Sharkies are everyone's third team? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, uh, you know, with a name like gotta love Keefe, it's pretty clear where he's going. So he's saying Tigers first, Sharky second. Which yeah, is, fair enough. I get where he's coming from, but I just think yeah, it's, the it's Tigers sh- don't have a lock on every. I mean, I wish they did, but they don't have a. Well, no, I didn't because then you'd support the Tigers and well, the appeal wouldn't be there. I'm a financial member of the of the, of the Tigers. You are. As a West Tigers member, you're disgusted by my current train of thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm disgusted by your current slurs as to my loyalty to the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, I, I'm, and it's just I, yeah, mate, hit us up and tell us who your second favourite team is because I mean, there's, there's a couple of schools of thought on this. Glenn's school of thought would be um, the Sharks would be second favourite team potentially. Um, Mine, yeah, you, yeah. Sharks are my second favourite team. You kind of like you kind of like crushing on the Sharks, you know, like feel good story. So who's your second favourite team then? Broncos. I don't have one. I could, oh, gee, you got more character than I would give you credit for. How about I kick you in the nuts? Because see how much fucking character I've got. <laughs> you, you play the character of a fucking dead person. <laughs> but um, because my my hardline viewpoint on this is second favorite teams are for people who lack moral fiber and character. Well, I, I don't begrudge anyone having Man- a second favorite. I love team. Manly and I hate every other team and anyone who is a soft line. Like you see this on Twitter all the time. It's fucking like oh you know you know I'm, I'm such I'm such and such a fan. But oh fucking oh I love oh look at Bo Ryan go oh I love him oh, when he plays oh look at fucking you know some young players some other fucking team like the young Canberra guys yeah, they could they got it a couple years ago they just like their balls it doesn't mean that they're, it's their second favourite team <laughs> oh but no they'll come out a lot of people actually say the Tigers are their second favourite team as they should be people who should fucking know fucking better well the Tigers are my first favourite team but there's some teams that I despise a lot less than others. I don't necessarily have a second favourite team. Who do you despise less than others? Penrith. What, based on what? Because you're from Penrith? Yeah, just... Is that, so, no, is that right though? Because you're from... Okay. So what about Parramatta then? Fuck not, not west enough? Fuck Parra. Not far enough west? What about Doggies then? Fuck Doggies. Okay, so you've got to be pretty far west then. Yeah. All right. Penrith. I like Penrith. Um, Campbelltown Plus to get on your good books. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Um, for some reason, I've always... Maybe it was back to the halcyon days of the Raiders. I've always thought, you know, a bit of a soft spot for the Raiders here and there. Yeah. But they're fast doing, you know, when they sign people like Blake Ferguson, it does me out of it. <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously since Jackson's come along, I probably hate on the Broncos a little bit less. He doesn't listen to this. Sorry? He doesn't listen to this. Hate away. Feel free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I have a second favourite team, no, though. Yeah. See, for me, it's a really simple equation. I can rule out almost half the teams with one one swoop. If you're involved in Super League, you can go get fucked. You're the most hated team ever. Then you've got, yeah. the, then you've, then you've got the rivalries. Well, it's funny, because like, I don't hate Parramatta as much as a lot of Manly fans do, but um, but I still hate them. And, uh, and oh, I hate every other side. And up to the point where only about two years ago, I didn't hate... You don't hate the Tigers, mate. I didn't hate the Titans. You don't hate the Tigers. Oh, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of them. I've got to level with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I you did, know, you know. I, 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 then I kind of thought, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to hate a team until they give me a reason to do it. And then, um, and I was actually, funnily enough, I was actually like that in the even with the Storm, the 2006 Grand Final, the Storm against the Broncos. I was on the Storm. I was I was riding them home. I wanted to win. 2007, dead. <laughs> oh, those cunts dead. <laughs> Every one of them burned. Their families burned. Their houses burned. Their parents burned. Everything, everyone they've ever met burned. Ouch. Um, and in 2008, you know, obviously felt a lot better about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I called off the hitmen <laughs> with their flaming torches. I was going to say. <laughs> and just thought, I'll you just called settle. off your angry mob. I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll settle for hating them. Yeah, no, and then, you know, then I wanted to burn their caravans and their, you know, jet skis and everything after that. But um, Titans were the last team to survive my, my hateful rage. And until... A fateful day 
at Rabina when Matt Chechen called that bullshit penalty on Matt Orford for tripping Preston Campbell, gifting him a penalty right in front of the post with time expiring, giving them a, a lead when we were holding up, giving them the win when we were holding onto a, a field goal lead. Um, so yeah, Titans. I mean, that was Chechen's fault, but no, I hate you guys as well. Next game, wow. <laughs> and the moral of the story is Nate hates everything. There's a lot of love. <laughs> Okay, uh, where were we? Um, we are up to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 24. Defeated the Parramatta Eels, 6, in front of a crowd of just over 14,000 at ANZ Stadium. The Rabbits, their points came from Michael Crocker, Nathan Merritt, Dylan Farrell, Justin Hunt tries, Reynolds 4 of 4 from the boot, Parramatta Eels solitary try to Rennie Matua, and conversion by Luke Burt. This is a shithouse game. Yeah, it really was. I'm concerned for Para fans. This whole Sando thing. Not working out for him too good, is it? It's really not. And I'm not saying they, they bought him to be the next Peter Sterling. And, and, you know, I know that sounds silly to say, but I think Para fans have always wanted another Peter Sterling. And you know, they've been longing for him, longing for a halfback that can control a game. And You know, they'd probably settle for a fucking Michael Hagen. <laughs> Jeff Robson. <laughs> Jason Taylor. Point. Jason Taylor. <laughs> exactly. They're not asking a lot. I just... <laughs> I don't think anyone at his best, anyone can really doubt Sando's ability as a player. I don't think it fits Parramatta's style of play or Kearney's style of coaching, but um, I, I just wonder, he just doesn't seem to have the desire to be that guy. Clearly, no matter what yeah. style of play, no matter what yeah. coach he's playing for, I don't think deep down in the cockles of Chris Sando's heart, he really wants to be that elite player every week. Or the leader or, you know, like lead yeah. the team. Because the, he likes the money. Oh, oh he I loves imagine it. he likes the money. Oh. But I don't think that he wants to put that performance in every single week. Do you know how many Galo's pies you can buy for $550,000? Several. Let's just say that. Several fucking thousand. You can have a pie a day and not even dent it. <laughs> not even dent it. You'd have 10 pies a day and not no, even dent it. Exactly. <laughs> But um, it was funny. Uh, there was one part in the game there where where Sando with a massive break looked for all money like he was going to score. He sort of ran, um, obviously trying to uh, you know put distance between the defence and himself. He kind of was veering out towards the right hand side, the right touch line. Not quite the pace he had of years gone by. No, and uh, he was mowed down by uh, Adam Reynolds, mm. who then said after the game that he's never ever beaten Chris Sandow in a foot race at the times at Souths. That's the first time ever. Wow. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> that says something about, you know, perhaps the decline of Chris Sandow's, you know, fitness or, you know, speed or whatever, you know, training ethic, whatever you want to say during his time at Parramatta, which people speculate on a lot anyway. Definitely. There has been a fair bit of uh, conjecture over just how fit he actually is, how much extra weight he's carrying. And that man himself, Peter Sterling, actually brought it up. So um, Jared Hayne, the thrill of origin, some much improved individual displays for the Eels in recent weeks as, go- as well as his origin games. And now he's just entering his frustration zone where yeah. his individual form's been okay, but he's getting not little to, to no support from anyone else in the team. So he's going to try and do everything, and yeah. that just leads to increased amounts of frustration and more mistakes and more losses. But the thing as well with Jared Hayne is that I've noticed is that he actually is, I dare I say, maturing in the fact that he's not really trying to do everything. I mean, he is, he's kind of waiting for, you know, the halves to do stuff, you know, and he chimes in kind of, you know, wider, you know, a couple of passes wide and tries to do his thing out there. But he's just not getting it. Um, 
Kearney's influence. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he actually seems to be a bit more, you know, a bit improved in that respect. Yeah. Because the, the good things he's done in the games where he's had, you know, really dominant games, he's been kind of wide, you know, a couple of passes wide, and, you know, throwing the last pass for tries or, you know, being the guy that actually gets the bomb out of the sky, you know? I just think that they're wasting Jared Hayne in his prime. Yeah, but, I mean, they've tried to bring him, you know, they've tried to throw him in the halves, hasn't worked. Yeah, but it's his, his position's fullback. I don't yeah. have, a, you know, I don't think there's any real doubt over that, but some of the cracks they've had at giving him a supporting cast to, to achieve yeah. his best have been fairly laughable. Yeah. And five hundred and fifty thousand dollars for Chris Sandow is is but a part of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Greg English showed great toughness with his elbow injury. Um, he hyperextended it and and did some medial ligament damage. Um, he not only kept playing, but he still contributed to South at a higher level to to ensure they got the win. So, um, you know, threw a pass here, made a couple of key tackles uh, whilst being in considerable pain. His elbow was heavily strapped. And, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with that aspect. I think it speaks to um, the difference in his fitness this season compared yeah. to the last season or so. And, um, you know, it wasn't all that long ago that it would have taken, you know, less than that to, to keep him out of a game or or take him out of a game and keep him out for a little bit. But, yeah. um, you know, with some extra fitness and he's, he's back to his best, he's in a bit of form, it changes his entire mindset. He doesn't want to come off the field. And but it gives him his position as well. He's in, you know, he's in fullback now, so there's always a lot more time. You know, he has a lot more time uh, with the ball in hand before he actually reaches the defence. So, you yeah. know, he can do his speed thing, he can do his palming off thing, you know, his footwork thing. Um, it's just, I think he's just a lot happier in that position. And, you know, and he seems to be at the club too. Yeah, yeah exactly. I just... I wonder when it comes time to the contract negotiation time whether you know he shows just how happy he is how how happy he is at South Sydney and um, you know I'd hate to see them you know throw him a bit of a a bone as as much as you know he is working out for them and then he turns his back and you know catches one of those planes that doesn't fly. I was just going to say, I mean, you know, just so 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 lucky for for uh, Inglis after his you know form at fullback this year. I mean, imagine if planes flew in the wet, it, w- it never would have happened. Exactly. No, I mean, the Broncos, you know, they'd have him out. They, you know, Jack Reed would be in England. He'd have no career. <laughs> you know, Inglis would be out there in his position. <laughs> It'd be a tragedy all around. It would, but things have worked out for the best for him. Exactly. Okay, at Devonhead, Ben Roberts putting on a clinic of pashitic kicking. Yes. And now we had uh, someone contributing by the name of Bemson Meister, not Benson Meister, Bemson Meister, who had a couple of classics. If Taylor wants to play as a fat half, he's doing a pretty good job of playing like Chrissy Sandow. Ouch. Hash fat touchy. Hash cray like origin. And then he came out with another one, Chrissy Sandow, the complete player. Shit in attack, shit in defence, clearly shit in training. Hash fat ass, hash Taylor in disguise. <laughs> and uh, and then he came over the third one and said, uh, Chrissy Sandow, the carbuncle, fat, round and oozes shit. Ouch. Hash pie sales on the rise. Then we had at Ben Dunn 43. Chrissy Sandow fan then? Massive, massive. Ben Dunn 43 said, soft. Do the Eels have a defensive structure? I can't tell. The whole let Hindy tackle everything method isn't working anymore. No, and he's... Isn't he riding out the end, till the end of the season? Yeah. Poor bastard. Yeah. And, and after everyone saying that we should have got on paramedic as Luke Bird announced his retirement, how'd that work out? Yeah, it's just totally blowing that theory out of the water. 
devastating. At Aussie one 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 nine eight. I'm beginning to think Chris Sandow is the forgotten love child of Kurt Gidley and Michael Barney. Hash waste of semen. Hash semen in decline. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where are we? Uh, Hush your mouth, child. Oh, and then we've got Bemson Meister. He's come back again. Paris defense is like a bakery against Nathan Tinkler. Hash no contest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're at B15542. Grubdow couldn't even perform in a pit full of naked women. 550,000, my fucking ass, south in fourth. Fuck yeah. Hash Grubdow's a fuck. <laughs> Oh, wow. And that's when the uh, that's when the Tourette's medication started to go off again. And um oh and of course the, for two weeks now we've been saying, What's this Hasler's Thurston's dad shit that you just came out with a couple of weeks ago? He's he's come back with a tweet and uh very late at night on the Saturday night and said a hash, Hasler's Thurston's dad. Both of them are gronkish and both of them have a face like a drop pie. And then he's added the hashtag on there. Oh, that's that's crazy. Hash Twilight Broncos attack. And during the Broncos game, he was just all over that, saying, you know, basically the Twilight Broncos because they can't they can't play in daytime and all this sort of thing. And it actually uh, got some tweets from the official Broncos yeah. account as well. So uh, <laughs> he got them rolled up. Um, next game, anyway, the Gold Coast Titans. 36, pumped the Penrith Panthers, 18. Uh, just oh, 11,500 at a skilled stadium. Halftime, 18 nil to the Titans. Now their points, 36 points came from a double to Aiden Caesar. Steve Michaels got one. Luke O'Dwyer, David Mead, Brenton Lawrence. Scott Prince, 6 of 6 from the boot, like good kickers do. Yes. Penrith, 18 points. They came from tries to Cameron Seraldo, your boyfriend, Arana Tamata, and Ryan Simpkins. Luke Walsh, three of three. What a comeback! Fancy Tomato getting a getting a roll back in the. In what a comeback! The fact he's even at a club. Doctor Tomato. Doctor Tom. Doctor Tomato. I bet he would have needed to prescribe <laughs> himself some Valium after that performance. He would have been so excited by yeah by scoring a try. He would just put, he would have had some in his sock. <laughs> <laughs> that he's prescribed himself earlier with his prescription pad. Yes. He's- Lachlan Coote, new whipping boy for Penrith. Jeez, he got fuck. Oh, twi- the Twitter was absolutely fucking destroying him. Um, but I think you know, we underestimate so. he had how a Barry much. Crocker. Sorry, he had a shocker. He did. I think we underestimate how much the fans love Michael Gordon as a fullback. Well, I remember having discussions with some fans at the start of the season when you know it was looking like Lockie Coop was going to get the first run at the fullback position, and I was kind of like, "Hang on a minute, Gordon." What he did. I mean, yeah, Coop was injured, and Gordon got his opportunity. Yeah, that's right. But when he got there. What cannot he, the, argue with his performance. The play that he produced was so far in excess of what Lachlan Coote's done in his time. Yes. But Lockie Coote still has But Lockie you know, Coote, I just would never have picked him to be a whipping boy. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you play shit for a couple of weeks in a row and there you go. Ouch. That's, that's all it takes, man. I think the Titans, are, the Titans are slowly starting to build a bit of form, some momentum and also a little bit of confidence I wonder if they could be a bit of a dangerous opponent at the back end of the season, given some of the talent in their side. Fair few origin players in there. Matty Sramas playing great. Caesar's Prince a is in a bit of form. Caesar's a bit of an X factor. Another contender for Revelation. Yeah, definitely. Um, if it gets close to the end of the season and and they're a chance of making the eight, I think they're going to upset a few teams. 
It's possible. I, don't, I think, I mean, given the closest of the competition, I mean, you know, it's a team can get on a run for, you know, there's 10, you know, what, 10 games? So, yeah. So, you know, that's a lot of points on the table that, you know, should be able to catch up. I mean, there is a bit of a break on the pack at the moment. I think it's four points from eight to nine. But, um, you know, there are teams that can, you know, can bridge that gap. Yeah, there's certainly enough uh, ability in that team to string a few wins together and make some noise. Um, Penrith have undone some of the promising performances they've had over the past several weeks. All in 80 minutes with this game. It was really unacceptable for their fans. And we know guys like uh, Straubs. Yeah, Mr. Bowles on Twitter. Yeah, he... Um, they flew up for the game. Flew up for the fucking game, got pissed and did all sorts of stuff. Well, he's, well, a, he's, he's, a non, he's a non-drinker apparently. But um, yeah. they, had a, they had a stretch hummer to go to the well, I could have sworn he was a massive drinker because he's a complete cockhead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow, that escalated fast, didn't it? It did. <laughs> but despite the fact that he's a complete cockhead, he doesn't really deserve to, to have his team put that sort of performance up for him when he's tra- he's done such a great effort to coming get to from, the game. Coming from Lithgow to get up to the Gold Coast for the game. Yeah. Staying... Um, Do you know how many people in Lithgow you have to mug to afford an airfare to... Gold Coast? Oh, that's a lot of hubcaps. And, it is uh, a lot of hubcaps. A lot of tin cans. Um, then he got the stretch hammer thing. It looked like it was a stretch hammer going to the game. I'm pretty sure they just dragged a couple of other people out of it to have a photo <laughs> and then walk to the game. Just, oh, okay, just carjacked it like GTA style. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You know, I, I'd, I'd really feel bad for people who make such a, a pilgrimage for a game. Yes. And then get that kind of you know performance served up. And the and fact then, of the matter is, the final scoreline is 36-18, but... You know, their tries were, you know, consolation tries in every sense of the word. I mean, you know, that this, this game was never live. Yes. Ever. No, no, exactly. Not for one minute. The Titans were well and truly in control throughout. Um, speaking of complete cockheads, if you do want to listen to uh, Straubs, a.k.a. Mr. Bowles, a.k.a. Daniel, uh, he has a podcast, if you're a Panthers fan, Panthers Weekly. There you go. I gave fl- you a plug after calling you a cockhead. It'd be pretty Just fl- try and work me out. Try and work me out. I'm an enigma. It'd Wrapped be... in a riddle. <laughs> You're a cockhead. <laughs> okay. It's, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, but, you know, d- depending on the fans want to listen to it at the moment because fucking depressing times. I wouldn't want to listen to a podcast about this particular game. But depression breeds depression. You know, they can just have a chat with each other, have a bit of a listen. Fair enough. Might be therapy. But certainly subscribe to it. It is. Uh, it's definitely approved by us. Yes. And we don't approve all of them. This week in league, stamp of approval. We don't approve all of them. Only those hosted by cockheads. Not even all of those. Some of them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, the Twitter was fairly quiet on this one. Um, There's a lot of stuff going around, obviously, that wasn't directed to us for the the purpose of the show. Uh, And most of it was just kicking Lockie Coot in the balls, essentially. Uh, But we do have some other ones. Uh, Andrew French, 91. This is fucking ridiculous. I honestly think our 20s would do better out there. And uh, we had uh, Mitch Hendo, 93, has come out and said, uh, Will Zillman only managed one error this match. Great work. Hash Spillman. <laughs> and I didn't realise that uh, Spillman was a thing. You know, maybe amongst Titans fans it's a thing. Must be. But yeah, I'd never heard that before. No, me either. And I always very- thought, I mean, has he had any shockers of... Oh, he's had, uh, you know not shockers as in terms of um you know like Lockie Coote performances. He's had he's had Molson type. Yeah, or Molson. Yeah, he's he's had like um he's had quiet games where he's done nothing. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know about absolute he shockers. He plays the Titans. He's hardly Robinson Crusoe there. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be encouraging him to run out and buy a loincloth. 
All right, anyway, let's move on to the West Tigers. Yes. We're defeated by the Sydney Roosters. 13 plus. Yes. 42 points to 28. Good crowd, just over 20,000 at the Lilyvale Rectangle. And, uh... Lily Field Rectangle. I was going. You say Lily Vale? Yeah, I did because I was, I was setting oh. up a joke. I was, saying, I was saying they're going to rename it to the Lilydale Free Range after this match. <laughs> <laughs> and I got I had it all fucked up in my head. Um, anyway, emotional day for the Tigers. Um, let me go through. Let me go through the points oh. first. And there's a lot of them to go through. Uh, tries: Brayton Aston, <laughs> Mitchell Pearce, uh, Letters, Martin Kennedy, Boyd Cordner, Aiden Guerra, and Lama Tarsi. Anasta, seven of seven from the boot. So clearly lining himself up to be the goal kicker next season at the Tigers. And the Tigers, their 28 points came from tries to Matty Utai, Big Sauce, Chris Lawrence, Bo Ryan, Tim Molson, and four of five from Benji Marshall. There you go. Proceed. Emotional day for the Tigers, obviously. Robbie Farah's mum passed away, uh, pancreatic cancer. She's had a, a bit of an ongoing battle since the end of last season. Um, she passed away about an hour and a half before kickoff, unfortunately. Um, and our condolences go to, out to Robbie and his family, of course. Uh, had a real effect on the Tigers, I have to say. Um, they held a mate, the club was good enough to arrange a moment's silence before. The game started and you could see a number of the Tigers players, in particular Bo Ryan, Benji Marshall, uh, Chris Lawrence, were all visibly fairly shaken up by the news and um, as a result their heads just weren't in the game and I guess understandably so, but um, you know, on top of that the Roosters really played with a lot, lot of energy. Um, they put their best performance of the last month or so, um, you know, forward in this game and, and the Tigers you know were flat certainly in the first half they turned things around in the second half I thought and mounted a pretty impressive comeback but the fact that you know you know their minds were clearly on other things um, understandably in the first half and the Roosters really took advantage of that and, and played some really good footy to to take control of the game and, and, and come out with a good win what do you got to say Nathan? not much Really? Yeah, <laughs> because you can't say anything without being seen as being, you know, attacking attacking uh, Robbie Farah's deceased mother. So I'd rather not say anything. Say what? Say what you got to say, mate. Just to say, I mean, like it's you an know, open forum here, mate. No one's ever going to slam say, you like for it, saying, you know, what you want to say, Nathan. What have you got to say? <laughs> no one's going to slam you for what you got to say. So why don't you just say it? Well, I say, I mean, yeah, might get kicked in the face. It seems like it seems like they were, you know, that um, that some of the, some of the players were out of sort, but some of them as well were like um, people who essentially had had no real stake. Like Adam Blair played. Well, he was just fucking position. woeful. I don't yeah. know that he was mourning Robbie Ferris' mother. And and but this, the fact of the matter is as well. I mean, you know, professional sportsmen being paid a lot of money, um, and this is something that didn't actually happen. You know, what I mean, it didn't happen like to the teammate itself it happened to you know it was like a family thing for the teammate and so like you know if your if your mother passed away i'd be i'd feel really bad for you but i could you know i'd still go earn my three hundred fifty four hundred thousand dollars you know like you know and if and if you weren't there as well you know what i mean like for 80 minutes while you know you're doing your job It'd actually almost be like a like a relief, you know. That that's eighty minutes where you don't have to think about that. You know what I mean? I guess I think you're underestimating just how close, tight knit family the West Tigers are, Nathan. 
they must have got like two tin cans and a piece of string to, to make a rudimentary intercom system between the two dressing rooms. You still want to carry on about that. You can see how Benji reacted to that and you still yeah. want to talk about it. Here we go. Go on. Here's your punchline because I saw it on Twitter already. No, I'm not. I'm not I'm You're not, not going to do it, mate. No. You're not no. going to do it. I am not going to talk about Benji's crocodile tears one for one minute. <laughs> Got a good mind to kick you in the face repeatedly until you die and then I'll keep stomping on your face until you're a fine powder. Have you seen the movie Drive? piss on you. Have you seen the movie Drive? No. Did I put on the thing? Oh, you like it. No, I wouldn't. Because <laughs> you've recommended it. Yeah, okay. Um, Terrible day for the Tigers. Um, you know, it's hard, as Sheenzy said in the post-match press conference, it's hard to uh, be too critical of anyone other than Adam Blair. Well, Sheenzy didn't actually say that. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't hear that. <laughs> um, if he had said that, he'd say be my favourite coach if he had said that. <laughs> um, yeah, Adam Blair. Um, come Really? Do you want to talk about it? Look, as far as I'm concerned, only one person in this room at the moment has to answer for Adam Blair. I mean, only one person did. I mean, I, I predicted it, he'd be absolutely gobshite. Um, you predicted he'd be the revelation of the season. You pinned a lot of hope, you know, based on the, you know, the $550,000 or however much he's leeching out of the system at the West Tigers. Um, you think $550,000 for Sandow was a shit, shit investment? <laughs> I mean, Adam Blair, oh, you know, maybe he hasn't been that bad, but he hasn't been he hasn't been as bad as Sandow's been. But oh, he's been yeah. building slowly. But unfortunately, I think he took several steps backwards in this. Yeah, game. this was definitely a backward step. Um, this is one of the most noticeable games he's had in the season. He's been the 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 most you could say for him in most of the games in the season is, is that he's been invisible. This he was very very visible for all <laughs> in the a team reasons. that was playing woefully. Uh, <clears throat> he was king woeful. Yes. Yes, very much so. In the end, the Tigers very nearly come back and got the Roosters. Um, yeah, despite, I don't... The, despite all the footy they the Roosters put on them in the first half, and they, and they were very, very dominant, um, going out to a thirty to four lead at one stage. Um, and then then thirty six to ten as well at one point, I think, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, sure. Um, just the the non existent online defence in the end was was what did the Tigers in. They they conceded three. At least three. Yeah, really. Through, yeah. Might have even been four. Really soft tries. Just one pass off the ruck, a bit of a decoy runner. I mean, and definitely. Prop forward crashes over well, untouched. Definitely the prop tries, like uh, Letters, um, Martin Kennedy, and, and Lamatasi. Those ones all sure. would have been real short range. And I think Frank, Frank Paul had one too, didn't he? Or was his disallowed? I think, I think, I don't know if he got the try, did he? Yeah, so remember. the Roosters turned things around. They, they'd had four straight losses, and were looking for a good performance. They certainly put that forward. Uh, I thought Mitchell Pearce was good, um, but you know, hard to be too too, too critical of the Tigers. And um, I think we'll, you know, we'll see the best of them in the next few weeks when they bounce back from this game. Okay, NS Bear China. Look up shit in a dictionary, and you'll see a photo of Adam Blair. Mr. Underscore Wars. I guess that footage pre-game of Benji should dispel the split dressing room rumours. They are dead set good mates. Smartest thing he's ever said. <laughs> Aussie 11198. I understand the circumstances. Crap to hear that news, but it's a home game for fuck's sake. You can put out that effort, Tigers. Hash pathetic. Fucking hell. A Gronk. Fuck. And he's a Tigers fan. It's undisputable Tigers member. Fall of Reach said, one, stuff Cherbro in a bag. Two, throw bag in river. Three, question mark. Four, profit. 
<laughs> How do you profit from that? <laughs> well, you know where that comes from, that, 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 that whole meme, step one, two, three, four thing. I'll show you on YouTube afterwards. Okay. Um, Shaboogan is back. The last thing you showed me on YouTube was very disturbing, Nathan. <laughs> Slash arousing. <laughs> what, what? 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 <laughs> In the Shaboogan. Meh, <laughs> roosters get us with four major dudes out. <clears throat> Guess the sun shines on a dog's ass some days. Hash tigers will be back. Please, apart from Robbie Farah, Gaddeth, who's the other two? I'm just trying to assemble the four major. This has got to be major, though. I don't think you've got four major guys out, have you? Well, Gaddeth is three. I mean, Gaddeth and Robbie, un- undisputably. Fuck yeah, me. you're fucking dreaming. You're dreaming Shabu- too many too many uh, Shab- Shabugans to the, to the head. Uh, gotta well, love- Great's not out. He's playing 20s. So he's, he's hardly major. <laughs> Great's not major anything. <laughs> Oh, Liam Fulton didn't play. Oh, okay, Liam didn't play. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll grant that. That's got to be it, though. I mean, yeah, the, the next name's got, got to come out. It's going to be another Gronk. Yeah. Okay, got to love Keefe. A scrappy but entertaining game. I'm dirty. It was the fucking Roosters. I think the Robbie factor had a lot to do with it. Hash, next week. And the one thing that I, I forgot to mention before is, like, when that comeback, the comeback was happening... I never really believed that it was good, that the comeback was ever on that they were actually going to take the game at you any stage. I was never convinced. Jackson, did he? He I'm was sitting there home, watching the he? game. Who's going to win, Dad? Oh, mate, it looks like the Roosters are going to win there. Oh wow, they got a lot of points, haven't they, Dad? <laughs> yes, mate. <laughs> so then he jumps up on the couch behind me, and um, he's got his hands on my on my shoulders, sort of thing, and I'm watching the game. And Tiger score a try. Yeah. Who's going to win now, Dad? Still think the Roosters, buddy. You don't think the Tigers are going to win, Dad? No, mate. Tigers score another try. What about now, Dad? He's going to win now. Do you still think the Roosters are going to win, Dad? <laughs> and then they get within eight points, and yeah. I'm like a nervous wreck. There's yeah. eight minutes to go. Yeah. And he's like, Dad? I said, Jackson, I can't answer that question again. But, Dad, I just want to know, do you still think the Roosters are going to win? <laughs> so you, you say that he thought the Tigers were going to win, but I say he was just tormenting you. <laughs> Oh man, and Nicklin just yeah, she's going. <laughs> dad, can you just leave your dad alone? Like, I think she was worried that I was going to lash out and throw him across the room. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, so, so like as a, but I, mean, I, I hate to bring it up again, but eight minutes to go, did you think you were going to win? I, I thought they could do it. Yeah, because they scored three tries in six minutes, so yeah. two in eight was doable. Yeah, but I just I had a had a sneaky feeling that the Roosters were going to put one of those sketchy tries on like yeah. they did in the end. With yeah, yeah. Because I'd like to hear from East fans who actually thought they were going to lose as well because like I was watching and I thought, yeah, this is great from the Tigers, but they're only they're only getting what they're getting because East are kind of like panicking a little, you know, they're sort of gone into panic mode well, a little I think, bit. I mean... I like, think they, the players... All the Tigers did was keep the ball alive. That's right, and I think the Roosters really thought that the Tigers were coming to get them. Yeah, because they lost their composure all over, and you could see. And Nasta was probably had the mental nous to try and keep things together, but he wasn't getting any response from his teammates, no. and he was getting increasingly frustrated with them, just like trying to get them to calm down. And they kept losing their shit. Yeah, yeah. And you know, plays that were fairly regulation. I mean, you know, that's right. Making yeah, fifteen, like- twenty meters, and then quick play the ball, and they just yeah. kept rolling on. And like that, you know, the Bo Ryan one, we like we sort of made that breakthrough yeah. team, and just like there's, 
he's not the fastest guy on the field. I mean, you know, the way he accelerated away from them, I mean, that was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, okay, but anyway, that's Twitter, so let's go on to, finally, Monday Night Foot Bitch, Melbourne Storm 26, defeat the Mighty Manly Seagulls 22. Points for this game came from, tries to Todd Lowry, Cameron Smith, Brian Norrie. <laughs> what is that? Matt Duffy. Someone on, some, some listener will bring it up. Uh, Cameron Smith, 4-4, four four, and a penalty goal. Seagulls, 22 points came from. Tries to Brett Stewart, Dean Vare, Daly Cherry Evans, and Jorge Tafua. Jamie Lyon, 3-4 of four on the good versions. Could you make his name sound any more exotic? Jorge. <laughs> Jorge Tafua. From the uh, small town of uh, Tijuana. In Tonga. Campbelltown. <laughs> <laughs> Tijuana Campbelltown. <laughs> I love it. Why didn't I ever go there? Super From exotic. Porto Vallarta. <laughs> In Campbelltown. <laughs> Just outside Claymore. Not as physical as I expected it to be, this game. Well, this, I mean, you were sold a, you were sold a lie by, you know. Oh, I didn't buy any of the brookie brawl thing. The fact of the matter is... When I say is. physical, I don't mean that I expected there'd be heaps of fights. I just thought that the forward exchanges, there would have been more in them. And I think some of it... The fact that some of that wasn't there, it was, it was maybe because Manly's intensity was taken away, given they, they gave up some points early and, and were, were starting to, you know, had to chase points, so... Yeah, and also the fact that the instigator of the Brookie Brawl stuff doesn't even... He's nowhere near it. I mean, he was fucking... He was in an ice bath, out, out, you know, in Leichhardt way. <laughs> well, I actually think the instigator of the Brookie Brawl was actually well and truly participating in that game. And um, Adam Blair doesn't play for the Melbourne Storm anymore, mate. He didn't actually instigate it. All he did was defend himself against six men. And I hate to bring uh, this he up threw again, the first, mate, He this threw is the old first news, and we've been over this in previous shows, first. but let's do it again just for... You know, old time's sake. Uh, brawl he, started because Ryan Hinchcliffe threw an elbow at Darcy Lussie. No, that didn't start a brawl. Both players participated. Darcy Lussie just bitch slapped him to say don't. Both play- players participated in this game. Darcy um, Lussie proceeded to continue bitch slapping Ryan Hinchcliffe until Adam Blair came in with the overhand left. Yes. And, uh, Adam and Blair is the one. Bitch out. Adam Blair is the one that fucking turned it into a, in, to stop it from being a disagreement between a pimp and his hoe. In turning into a fucking closed fist, you know, throwdown. That's Adam Blair instigator. Anyway, he wasn't there, so that sort of shit didn't happen. And there wasn't really anything even resembling. I don't even think there was any jersey, no, jersey grabbing or any of that sort of stuff. I mean, it was always a fairly tame affair, really. Sure. As good as the comeback was for Manly, I think they really used up a lot of mental energy in running Melbourne down for that period of the game. Um, and I think Melbourne kept a gear in reserve to. To, to kick on well, they, and they did, had they their did, opportunity did their with the ball they sorry just, Melbourne Storm just did their thing yeah. I mean they scored some very like, they scored a, a really arsy try that try to Norrie mm. and um and some of the other ones are pretty you know pretty soft as well especially the Cameron Smith one I mean what one I'd love to have his time over again with that I think Manly they they did get on a bit of a roll and then I think around that same time is when Glenn Stewart got hurt yeah, and I think that took some of the impetus out of um, them going on with it. I think if that injury doesn't happen, they probably go on with it and score um, a pretty impressive win. Instead, Melbourne just rack up another win and and just doing what they had to do. But it was probably made a little more impressive given the fact that Billy Slater didn't play. Yeah, but I mean, by the same token, but I we thought Widdop was good. Yeah, Widdop's good. I mean, he's always he's always been good. I mean, remember, yeah. you know, um, I've never seen him have a bad game. 
No, he's always good, and it doesn't matter whether they stick him in the halves or stick him in fullback. I mean, he yeah. always goes pretty well. I mean, you know, obviously he's not Billy Slater, but I mean, you know, he does a job. But he's, I mean, he's not slow. He's got good footwork. He's solid under the high ball. He's got good passing either side of the ruck. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, I think he's probably a more, um, I don't know, well-rounded, if that's the term, well-rounded player than Slater. Yeah, the difference doesn't is he doesn't have clangers in his game. Like yeah, he doesn't have the mistakes that Slater has, but he also doesn't have that speed, like you know, for the little pass where they, yeah. you know, close to the ruck where you know. They tried that once or twice, and it's just immediately shut it's down because he didn't same, have the explosive yeah. speed or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think Manly, you know, give him uh, Steve Matto out on the left, and the first try is not scored, and neither is it, neither was the try to uh, neither would the try to uh, Duffy towards the end. Well, that wouldn't maybe Matto does play, and they put that play on for the first try, and he smashes someone in the face and gets sent off, and then they score five tries just like that. Yeah, but the interesting the interesting thing is that Matto, I mean, he may get suspended, but yeah, he very rarely gets sent off if ever. That's actually one for the memory banks because I remember the most blatant one that he ever got that ever that he ever did was that one where he fucking knocked Gaznier in the test match. Well, that was actually pretty bad, yeah. But I actually think it was worse. I think the one that, I think it was worse than the one he did to Ennis because Gaznier had the ball in that test match. But there was one where it gets the Bulldogs in round twenty six, two thousand and ten. I think it would have been, and uh, or two thousand and nine. No, 2010. And, um, yeah, and, and, like, Ennis had passed the ball and was running, like, that way behind her. And Matt I just come over and just fucking <laughs> just cleaned him up completely, knocked him out cold. Should have got the Daly M for it. I think he might have. But, he, <laughs> but he, 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 he didn't get sent off for it either. He did get seven matches for it, or maybe ten or seven. I think it was seven. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was his worst one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I thought, all in all, I mean... But hey, Michael Ennis. <laughs> if it has Michael Ennis, I mean, yeah, give a man a fucking medal. Um, all in all, I think, yeah, Manly, I mean, they were pretty, pretty well down, but I mean, still the fact remains that, I mean, it was a close game, and re- realistically, there was only a penalty goal. That penalty goal was the only thing that sealed it for the Storm, really, and uh, kept it to the point where it was... Um, you know, insurmountable when they started really getting a roll in the last couple of minutes. Um, Brent Kite, fucking <laughs> retarded at the end of the game there where they go in to make the scrum to, to stop the clock. Yeah. And then he goes in at lock and then pulls his head out and starts the clock again. I wonder, you know, with another 40 seconds, it would have been nice to see Manly, you know, decline the conversion and then they would have had like, you know, a good I mean, three or four tackles yeah. to do what, like a go for broke ridiculous. And the way that like Melbourne Storm were charging off their line in defence, some would say too fast, but Manly did take advantage of it with a couple of um, a couple of plays, especially that try to uh, to Brett Stewart. I think it was with yeah, Jamie the scrum. That was a beautiful try. They were coming so they was coming so fast off the line that the opportunities for that sort of thing were they were there all all night. I mean, you can't do it all night because I mean, it only really works. You know, when you do something unexpected, it only works when it's unexpected. But um, but yeah, I mean, that you know would have been interesting to see you know one more you know go for broke crack like you know they'd had against Cronulla last year and that sort of thing. And you know they're well coached, Melbourne. Eh? Their structures, yeah, yeah. And and I can't remember who they interviewed after the game. Um, uh, they might have been Cronk, Cooper. They Cronk, Cooper yeah. Cronk, and he said, you know, you don't have to be the most gifted or you know the greatest footy player in the world. We have our structures, and every player sticks to it. Yeah, you know, yeah. and every player has their job to do, and you know. If Jason Riles, like I noticed, he gave away. Although he he well. gave away penalties and dropped, he was he was an absolute gronk actually. But as far as the the better part of this season, he's contributed yeah. quite well to their performances, and and that's saying something. Melbourne doing the way all the way Melbourne play and a coach. I mean, they literally do just need to have, you know, the spine in place, and then warm bodies around. Mm. And generally speaking, Cameron Smith is good enough, and uh, Cooper Cronk, they're good enough to basically 
you know, point them in the right direction sure. and, uh, you know, show enough brilliance to, you know, allow points to, you know, go on the board. And then yeah. the rest of the warm bodies can stand there and stop tries being scored and, uh, you know, on the other side. But um, Cooper Cronk's a great player. Oh, he's great. I mean, it's a surprise he did so poorly in Supercoach because, I mean, watching it, I wasn't checking, I wasn't watching Supercoach scores at the same time. And watching the game, I thought, he's having a fucking great game. Mm. 20-something points. Gronk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, oh, I think Manly, I mean, put, put T-Rex, Matai, Wolfman, Glenn Stewart back in that side and, and 100% fit Watmo. And... Um, a, you probably would have a different result in this game, but B, I just hope we can fucking do it before the end of the season. I mean, we're you know we're going to be in the eight. We're going to be. I mean, you know, I just want them to get as high in the eight as they can, and if they can get a full deck in September, good to go. I mean, certainly no panic stations after this one. It was just a good tough game, and the only you know thing, you know, it's the fact that it was the storm really. Yeah. I mean, it's the only thing I really give a shit about. Otherwise, I mean, you know, fairly happy. Twitter, not too much Twitter in this game. Well. A lie. Not too much Twitter to us about the game in this game, but holy fuck, shit got testy online though. Yeah. Oh, it was fight night. It's <laughs> fight night on the Twitter. But uh, in yeah, uh, really, the Brookie brawl really did happen. It just eventuated on Twitter, not at Brookvale Oval. Yeah. Once again, instigated by fucking morons that um, are celebrating the fact that Glenn Stewart got injured and implied that perhaps he was a grub and perhaps he deserved it. Well, not implied, said that very thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'll never really agree with that. I don't give a fuck what you think about a particular player or a particular team, but at the end of the day, like, once a footy stopped being kicked around, there's, there's just people. <laughs> exactly, you know? exactly. And there's very few people on this <laughs> earth that I would wish... Like, actual physical harm on, like... Physical harm on, and if I did wish physical harm, I'm not saying I've never done it, this definitely happened, um, it certainly wouldn't be someone that is guilty of just playing footy in a way that I didn't just didn't agree with and certainly and like and, and when you, and especially when you're wishing injuries someone on, has done some seriously wrong shit to me and when, when you're in, when you're in, when you're wishing in, when you're wishing injury on a football player as well it's like I'm wishing I don't know I'm wishing like a you know some I'm wishing a disease on you that prevents you from going to work for two months yeah you know what I mean like it's like yeah. a, it's a real fucking cunt act to be honest and like and that I agree I'd that you know, person knows who they are. I mean, they don't listen to the show anymore. Um, but look, people, people who know them do. And if I see that person, I will, I will wish injury on them with my fist. <laughs> Quite frankly, Robert, Robert Louis, this shit. I'll, Ro- I'll Robert Louis the shit out of her. Well, no, I won't. But I'll find a female to do it for me. Excellent. Shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, exactly. Because let me tell you, <laughs> Twitter rose up as one against that fucking moron um, actually and forgot to put this at the top of the show as well uh, the news thing because it kind of happened a little bit uh, before the news cycle uh, for this week but did you see read that article about uh, Brett Stewart yes the paper on the weekend? what do you think about that very interesting stuff I mean you heard some of it before because I told you some of the yeah. some of the things like you know minor, minor stuff I mean a lot of that was news to me as well just how fucking far deep that guy went. The article for people who don't know, um, you can have a look it up. Look up for it. I think it was called something like Sins of the Father. Sins of the Father. It was in the Lifestyle. It was in the Sydney Morning Herald uh, on SMH uh, online as well. And um, it was about the father of the girl at the centre of the Brett Stewart uh, case that went that you know it took place. Obviously, uh, resolved itself last year. If you took, took any interest in that case, or if you have any opinion whatsoever on Brett Stewart, you should read it. Yeah. Definitely, you should read it. And um, 
And it's funny, I mean, the guy changes his name a lot and they use, they change the names to protect the, you know, the, the girl, obviously, in that article. But it didn't take too long to find articles on Manly Daily about that fraud, that bad checks that he passed with his real name on it too. So, it mm-hmm. <laughs> took Manly fans all the fucking three and a half minutes to find out who the guy really is. But, um, man, he's so much worse than I was. I mean, I knew about the bad checks. I knew about the time, he, the four years he did in jail for fraud. I knew the fact that he was... Um, yeah, well, that was common knowledge even before the case went. I mean, yeah, and it's, and the, the nerve of people like Rebecca Rebecca Wilson to say that the Manly Club was um, running a PR smear campaign just because these, you know, facts about this. Fucking let me tell you, it wouldn't have taken Magnum PI to fucking bring up some more, you know... yeah. Stuff that would have prejudiced the entire case, and would have it would have meant that there couldn't have been a trial. I reckon. I mean, if this stuff had to come out, that guy's absolute piece of shit. And hopefully, because these fucking morons who just talk shit about Brett Stewart all the time, just fucking shut the fuck up. If that doesn't if that doesn't convince you that that whole case was a fucking sham, but hey, mate, will. you can accuse Benji Marshall of crying crocodile tears, mate. So, you know, people are going to be I gronks. saw it happen on Channel 9. People are going to be gronks, mate. It was on TV. No matter, like, irrefutable <laughs> fucking evidence to the contrary, people are still going to be cockheads. Case in point, you. <laughs> you know I'm just joking. Um, now, in the underscore the underscore surf. Fuck, I hate the storm. Bunch of fucking cheats with their dirty wrestling tactics. Some of their players better get suspended. Which is an interesting point because none of them did get suspended. But that was two absolute dead set crusher tackles performed. And isn't it... I think the Cherry Evans ones was a bit sketchy. I think it was just unfortunate. It was as sketchy as fuck. And isn't it funny how when they break someone's neck with a crusher tackle, they always like, they cradle them like... Referee, I'm concerned about the welfare of this player that I just fucking <laughs> put it. Whose neck I just broke? Yeah, the like, same thing happened with Wolfman when Billy Slater broke his neck maliciously oh, last season. Fuck's sake! That was actually in the Brookie brawl, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that was unfortunate. The Cherry Evans one. I don't think that was a, a legitimate crusher. Unfortunately, but. a crusher tackle. Jason Gehan, PI. Attitude, 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 attitude. Fifty second play the balls. Attitude, attitude, attitude. I don't know what he's trying to say there. The real Jedi. Four internationals on the sideline. Again, injuries and suspensions are killing us here this year. At full strength, we go back to back. I agree, Jace. Bullshit. Troy underscore 79. Quality game tonight. Storm are very well coached side. They are just clinical with everything they do. Yes. Hash Tigers in decline. That's right. Yes. You agree with that tweet, Glenn? Agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> Previews for this week kick off Friday Night Football. I don't know if the teams really deserve to be on Friday Night Football, but whatever. It's St. George Illawarra Dragons versus the Gold Coast Titans. It's only fair that they kick off the women in league round. Well, yeah, actually, I didn't see that. I'll take They've got point. some females in their teams. They do, they do, and I'm sure that Ben Cray will be representing. Yes. Well, he'll be running out in two, red, two pink Vs. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, Dragons, are they doing the pink V jersey this year, do you know? Yes. And are the Titans doing anything? Um, I know Penrith are going to go with the full pink suit again. Like I love that. Did. That's magnificent. That shit just gives me cancer of the retinas. Really? It's hard to watch. Oh, it's it so gives me bright. Half, it gives me half a nasty. Why? It just looks magnificent. Pink Panthers. Yeah, but I mean, just, you know, if they could offset it, you know, so they'd have to be pink from head to toe. You know what I mean? It's just too That's- much. It's too much of a good thing. No, you can't. Think of it that way. You cannot have too much pink, Nathan. I love it. Oh, Titans have actually been in some reasonable form lately. The Dragons have been anything but that. So, fair test. Titans away from home, though. 
fair test of the Titans in their new, uh, you know, their new form in quotes. I yes. mean, they've done well lately. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the Dragons on the decline. Um, you know, if the Titans are ever going to get the Dragons... Dragons in decline, you might say. Dragons in... I would say Dragons in decline, actually. I mean, sure, they didn't lose by as many points as the Tigers did, so it's not as big a decline, but Titans, yeah. The Titans have gone down there and won before, so I might tip, spring an upset here. I'm thinking if the Titans continue their current vein of form, then they can certainly put enough points on the Dragons to win... Uh, and Dragons, as we've said, you know, defence is a, you know, a bit of a problem for them. I see Jack DeBellin's been named in the side. Yes. That's fascinating. That might actually save my bacon in Supercoach because I've got another warm body to put inside. <laughs> Jeez, Dragons fans have got big raps on that kid. Yeah, but he's, 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 not, very, he's, not, as, he's not the revelation they thought he'd be. He spent a lot of time playing in the, in the Reggies. Yes. You know, he's been up and down. Um Jake Marchetto, he's uh, racking up the points in Supercoach. Can play, can play the game. Cheapy too, Supercoach. Tiger. I'm thinking of bringing him in actually this week for the uh, for my depleted round. There you go. So uh, we'll see how he goes. Who are you tipping? I'm tipping the Titans. Me too. I'm always tipping against the Dragons if I can. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> Any excuse. Brisbane Broncos versus South Sydney Rabbitohs. This is where you'll be. Yes, I will be there. So, no Corey Parker. No Corey yet. Parker. As of Tuesday night. I mean, this is the official uh, team that's been named. Yeah, he's still got to get, have his fitness test, I guess. Yeah, Ben Hannon is supposedly in doubt as well with an injury. Petro playing his 300th game. It's, it's funny, when you think of Petro, I think, you, you just think, I mean, yeah, without you know, knowing what the number was, I, I would have said, yeah, oh, he's, you know, he's over that. But um, there you go. Just 300 for Petro. So he's going to clock up a milestone before he shoots through. Good on him. Not to mention he's about to play 60 millionth origin game. Yeah. Super nice guy, one of the gentlemen of the game. Inglis, obviously playing. Um, He's Dave named, Taylor, yeah. named for the Rabbitohs also. Two pretty strong sides, but... Um, 18th men uh, for both sides, and in case of the Rabbitohs, they've got 18th and 19th. So, you know, make of that what you will as far as, you know, the possible doubt of guys like, uh, you know, I got what, Taylor or... Who else was in doubt? I mean, obviously Inglis is not going to be replaced by any of those guys, but... Um, no, you wouldn't think so. But yeah, I'd imagine that they'll probably uh, stay fairly close to the 17. Given it's at Suncorp, Broncos halves are better. No, Broncos will win easily. I don't know why anyone would ever tip South in this game. And that might come back to bite me when South flog the Broncos. But honestly, you know, treat your tips like they're gold. Can't see it happening. And don't throw them away. I, just can't, I can't see any possible way for the Rabbitohs to win this, but you know... Let's hope guys like Inglis have a fantastic game for the, the sake of people who may have them in their supercoach sides. True. Broncos 13 plus. Yeah, I agree. Okay, North Queensland Cowboys. We're on a Saturday now. North Queensland Cowboys versus the Canberra Raiders. Up at Dairy Farmer. Cowboys by how many? I mean... Yeah, it's going to get awfully ugly up there. Raiders are potentially the worst travelling side in the... Traditionally the worst travelling side in the competition and actually the worst travelling side in the competition. <laughs> um, their form is uh, pretty much garbage at the moment. If the Cowboys can hold the Brisbane Broncos to zero, then the, the Raiders will be in the negatives. Yeah. Now, the Raiders, their defence looked... You know, they looked a lot better when they were playing the Knights. Don't get me wrong. It's a sad indictment on the Knights. But, you know, the Knights have since gone on to show us that they're, you know, one of the, one of the genuinely worst sides of the comp. Yes. Uh, so I think this is going to be an absolute opposed training session for the Cowboys, and they're going to win by 20, at least. I'd agree with that. I'd say 30. 30? So what you say, like 36-6? 30 are going to try? Why not? 
Yeah, well, you know, I, I they're just, not good. They're not as good as the Tigers. The Tigers I, have beat them forty nil. So I suspected uh, that the, the combination of uh, Josh Dugan and uh, you, I think you'll put Edric Lee over, put a bomb up, and you'll just out jump someone who the Cowboys got out in the wings there. So they got a uh, Winterstein and oh, Ash Graham. Yeah, bomb out to Ash Graham's wing, and uh, Edric Lee. Fair enough. The big man beats him to the grab, scores a try, maybe even a double. Disallowed due to shit refereeing. Forty nil. <laughs> forty nil is copyright. And not to your Gronks either. Okay, 7.30, uh, Penrith Panthers versus Parramatta Eels. So, um, as we said earlier, the Pink Panthers will be in the house. The Parramatta Eels will have uh, absolutely seared retinas. They will. The Panthers will win as a result, given they wear such resplendent uniforms. Jennings, back in number three jersey. Where he belongs. Yeah, he's absolutely where he belongs. But... Panthers have been fairly ordinary at home this year, but I, I think they'll have enough to get over the Eels. They were atrocious last week yeah, as well. Yeah, they'll be wanting to turn things around after last week. I just wonder, you know, Jared Hayne, he could run right over the top of Lachlan Coote. I mean, the defence that they displayed as a side last week. Yeah, Jared Hayne could carve them up. He on could his absolutely own carve the them up. Um, you know, this this game is there for it's there for the winning for Parramatta, quite frankly. I mean, I thought that they'd kind of turn the corner and were going to be a more competitive side until that game against South where they did absolutely nothing. Mm. Um so it's hard to know, but I don't feel comfortable really tipping either of these sides. I mean, there's a million reasons to tip against both of them and very few reasons to tip for them. Yeah, I'm just going to tip the Panthers because they're at home and, and they were so bad last week. They'll be wanting to turn things around. Yeah, yeah. I know, I've just got a feeling I'm going to tip the Eels, but um, with zero confidence. <laughs> it's probably more wishful thinking. I want Jared Hayne to get a hat-trick. Okay, Sunday, the 2 o'clock game is the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs versus the Melbourne Storm at Virgin Australia Stadium in Mackay. So a, a game that would... Um, you have to be a virgin to get in there. A game that would absolutely fill ANZ to the tune of maybe eighteen to 20,000 people. Yes. It's going to be played in front of, what, about 10,000 max, 12,000? Probably, yes. Okay, so... Storm... Billy Slater, not same named. Same side that they had uh, last week. Cameron Smith's actually been named at 5'8". Uh, Ryan Hinchcliffe at hooker. Hmm. Oh, wow. I think the Storm. I'd, I'd like to tip the Bulldogs, and I don't think they're without a chance. I just I can't go past the Storm at the moment, the form they're in. Although they are backing off from Monday, Monday Night Football, yeah. which is always a factor for any side, no matter how good and well-prepared they might be. Um, yeah, I'm still going to have to stick with the Storm, though. Yeah, and it is it is still it is a Sunday game, so they've almost got as much you know as much of a rest. You know they've got the same amount of rest as someone coming from a Sunday game to a Friday night football yeah, game sure. too. So um, I just think the, 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 I'm going to go the Storm, and the reason why I'm going to go the Storm is because the Storm you know what you're going to get, and they're going to do that every time. You know, Bulldogs, we know what we could get, but then you have got your second halves of the game against the Dragons as well. Yeah, so exactly. it's hard to know. Um, so Storm is probably a pretty safe bet there. Next one, the 3 o'clock game to be watched, streamed over the internet, because fuck Channel 9, Sydney Roosters versus the mighty Manly Warringah Sea Eagles at uh, Allianz Stadium in Sydney. Last up starts, Manly were far more impressive, I think, against uh, a more competitive opposition. Um, I think the Roosters played with a lot of energy last week. Tigers are a competitive team, mate. Don't get down on your skies after one win. (laughs) Fuck's sake, support your side. Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> fucking you're, you're fucking harsh, I dude. I just don't think their heads were in the game as as in the game as what Manly's were against the Storm. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, and I think if the Tigers can score 
28 points against uh, the Roosters when they did have all that energy. I think Manly could could definitely like equal that. Sorry? In like eight minutes. Yeah. So so Manly, what you say, Manly probably be able to score what? Uh, 40, 40, 600. 40. So, yeah, yeah, gee, well, we're yeah, talking about a lot of points. <laughs> That's a lot of points. You're saying it's going to be like over 100 nil at half time at this point. <laughs> I think I don't think the Roosters will play with the same desperation they had last week, given um, the game against the Tigers was coming off short, four straight losses, and they were desperate to turn things around. I think you, you wind that back a notch, and man, you can't really go past a manly victory. Yeah, uh, manly this week uh, on their side of things. Steve Matai is back. And uh, that's something, uh, that's a sight I'm uh, very much looking forward to. Especially because one thing I didn't really mention at the store you get a game. Good look at it because it'll be gone again for seven fucking weeks. It's one thing that actually was really pleasing about the Storm game is um, Foran's uh, kicking game was a bit down, but a lot of the ball went out to the left hand side for the first time in weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, obviously, Foran was injured for a while, so that prevented it. Yeah. But, um, Tons of ball went out to the left, so we get Matai in there. I guarantee uh, if you want to get on the betting, get on Steve Matai to score a try. I'm not going to say his first try scorer. I still think against maybe the Roosters, I think your first try scorer is probably going to be Dean Vare out on the right, you know, coming from the uh, Jamie Lyon connection. But with uh, Glenn Stewart not being there for a couple of weeks, you know, maybe more focus will go down the left, and I think Matai is a pretty good option there. Um, Manly win. I'm not going to ride off the roosters as much as you're riding them off. Though I think you're putting too much in, into the uh, the um, you know the mindset of the Tigers and all that sort of stuff. I still think the roosters played well. I still think the roosters were going to win that game um, the way they played. I mean, they're kind of on the up, and you know I guess we'll see how much on the up they are. I mean, they took it to Manly last time, sure, uh, and that was a game obviously with uh, you know Sands Origin stars, but still, you know. I think I think it'll be more of a contest than you say. Now Monday night foot bitch, we move on to the Newcastle Knights versus West Tigers, aka West Tigers with a bye. Easy two points to collect here, no doubt about it. It's at Hunter Stadium in Newcastle, but they've proven that they don't they they, they don't do it for their home yeah. fans just as much as they don't do it for the away fans. Yeah, exactly. Robbie Farah has been named in the side and is expected to play. Uh, Blake Ashford at five eight again for Curtis Sirinan, who hopefully comes back after the bye. Um, and every chance we'll get uh, Gareth Ellis back after the bye as well. So he's been out for a very long time. He certainly has. And Chris Lawrence esque in his uh, in in his Betty Whiteness. Well, the man's the man's injured. You can't begrudge him that. Well, he's English as well, and I mean, decades or de- centuries of inbreeding amongst the you know the aristocracy over there results in you know pasty people with brittle bones. <laughs> Look at the fucking Burgesses. Case in point, Sam Burgess. Find it hard to disagree with that evidence. <laughs> um, yeah, I really think the Tigers. You know, last week was a, will be a blip on their radar. They'll continue um, their good recent run of form and and make it a pretty sad example of the Knights in this game. Yep, I think the Knights are going to get slaughtered by a million, and uh, rightfully so too. You can't buy your premierships. Definitely not. And um and and you know if uh and you can't win football games while you're sitting on your dad's lap. And I'd just like to say you know if if the Knights could jag this one because you know uh, Monday Night Football does have a way of doing that to the favourites. Just happened last week. Um, you know the the Monday Night Football factor does give the Knights as much chance as anyone. But if they were to jag it. Fuck me, the Tigers in decline resurgence will be in full swing. I suspect that will be the case. <laughs> Don't do it to me, boys. 
That is full time for episode 92. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Still slowly creeping up to the 1,000 like mark. So what we've got 10 rounds to go, plus we've got a couple of weeks of finals, you know, so... I guess we're halfway through the season, you know, yeah, counting, exactly. counting finals and stuff like that. So uh, we've got to get another 85, 85. So if you're, a, if you're a listener of the show and you haven't hit the like button on Facebook, there's a ton of you out there, let me tell you. So um, hit the like button, quite frankly. Just do it. Just do it. And Share it with your friends. Invite other people to join. And we had a couple of new ones this week, and thanks to the people actually are telling people to join and stuff like you've seen it on Twitter as well, like people yeah. you know recommending it and stuff. Um, but new Facebook fans we got here: Tim Keeble, Aaron Peters, uh, Nathaniel Beattie, Jonathan Bracken, Benjamin Parker, Andrew Borg, Monty Symes, Barnaby Roach, Barnaby Roach, that's a hell of a name. Diane Debrin Cat, Dane Chamberlain, and Valerie Keeveny. So uh, thanks very much, new Facebook friends. iTunes, no new reviews this week. We did have a couple that would have been on this show, but we put them on the the Origin one instead. Um, so How yeah, rude. So yeah, but still, get on to the reviews if you haven't given us one. We've been ranking well on the charts this week. We've been spending a lot of time in the top 10 as well. So I um, don't know if that's an influx of new listeners, um, but you know, the reviews also help that process out a lot as well. iTunes rankings generally go on uh, on downloads within you know, every hour hourly period. Plus reviews and things like that is what helps us get in, you know, the what's hot and, you know, the featured positions and all that sort of stuff. So um, if you haven't done it, do so. It will help a lot. Tipping. I dropped... We actually both dropped a couple of places this week. Oh, uh, Jesus. I dropped to 44th. You dropped to 83rd. Uh, the top five is... Um, Similar to, to uh, how it's been, um, certainly the top three positions remain exactly as they were before. Whitey, he's extended his lead to two points on top of the ladder with 75, followed by Langer's 38, he's on 73. Skinny, he's in third on 72. Todd H, 1987, has moved up to fourth position on 72 as well. And Animal NZ has dropped down... Uh, to 72 as well uh, so he's in fifth position as well and so that's actually a distinct top five and uh, then it's good uh, effort boys back. yeah great effort okay fantasy the mighty diables five out of five again with 1039 in a gallon affected gallon less affected week and I am in uh, second first first second first in my competitions and some of those firsts, I'm like two, three games at the top of the table, like almost, uh, you know, storm, like a storm in the in the NRL. You got uh, what nine forty nine? Yes. And you're sitting at eleventh, eighth, third, tenth, fourteenth. The question I have to ask you when you say that is third. What the fuck is that competition like? Um, Low quality. I can I tell think you. There's right a lot now. of people giving up on it. <laughs> I mean, I'm still racking up. Some pretty impressive numbers, though. I mean, because we're both in a competition, a paid competition. Yes. You know, the winner takes all kind of Twitter elite competition. And in that competition, you're, you're dead last and only got your first win last week in the 10th match of the season. That's right. So for that same side to be running third in the competition it's is like, incredible. It's like the paid comp is the NRL. The other one is English Super League. What the... <laughs> shit team shit team in the NRL <laughs> actually hang Kicking on a minute it. just as well you said 11th 8th 3rd 10th 14th you should be 16th from you in the, aren't you dead last in the aren't you, you you'd have to be dead last in the yeah, maybe one. someone else has only won one game and I've got better more points than them so I've got them on four and against Nathan 
I find that extremely hard to believe. I'm going to have to look that up, actually. I think oh, that's 16. Oh, harder, son. <laughs> and I just want a special shout-out to Roy Sunborg, who's, uh, what's his team? Total Royism? Is that Total his? Royism. Total Gronkism, if you ask me. They uh, they, they had the um, the shameful, shameful distinction of being the first side to be defeated by your undefeated side this season. Magnificent. Ten games into the season. Ten games out of the 16 seasons, ahead, 16 games ahead of that season. Isn't he talking well. it up to just quietly? Talking it up, I mean, you know, he's, he's in humiliation, yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's talking up to a point where he's so ashamed that it's it's the the amount of shame that he's feeling, it's like a backhanded, you know, it's like a real insult to me. Yeah, but as... I'm sure that's where he's trying to play, but... As know, it should winners be. Winners are grinners. <laughs> so anyway, I don't have anything else this week. Um, More feedback came through on the Kickstarter thing. And uh, I'll talk to you after we after we uh, hit stop, but um, I think it might be a goer. I okay. Gonna, I think it's going to work. So uh, we'll just figure out how that's going to work and what some of the benefits. Obviously, with Kickstarter, generally the way it works is you know you'll have like a um a really small amount that people can chip in, like you know five bucks or something, and obviously it doesn't get them the actual product in there, but you know give them something you know for supporting us um and then you know do something like sort of you know 30 40 bucks will get you the shirt plus you know a little something else and then you know then there'll be high levels high levels get you more shit and then you know we'll have a, a target that we need to achieve to uh hit go on it which um when you look at some of those kickstarter projects it's certainly not going to be fucking anywhere near the near some of those some of those are fucking massive amounts of money Very that they want and they clean it up but um yeah definitely be enough to get a run going and then once we get a run going it'll be cheap you know pretty much half to get a new run of shirts uh, essentially um it costs about twice as much as it does with all the setup fees and everything as, as what the shirts would ordinarily yeah, exactly. cost then once you do that you know once you the next batch come out then it's cost it's like you know sort of probably 55 percent of what it would cost the first time so um that's the idea anyway um you got nothing else no all right that's looking all forward to another win for the tigers Let's face it, you got the buy this week, so you should pick up a handy two points. Yeah, two buys in a row. Two like buys it. in a row. Oh, yeah, because you got the buy the next week as well. Oh, shit. Okay. That's just, I'm just thinking of the super coach holes in the team. Great. Fuck, I hate these buys. Um, anyway, buys this week, too, actually. I didn't mention, makes it difficult in super coach Warriors and uh, the Sharks. So that takes about 16, yeah. so six players straight out of my side. Yeah, me too. Um, in any case, that's all we've got time for this week. See you next week. See ya. If you're into UFC, strike force, and mixed martial arts in general, make sure you listen to This Week in MMA. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TWIMMA.com. It's out every Friday morning. It's free. Get on it.